Hello, hello, and welcome to the Dad Lab Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Matt. I'm Andrew. And on today's show, we've got items from the news desk. We're going to talk about Madden NFL 21 and how bad it sucks. We're going to talk also talk about a guy that's on a righteous crusade for boneless buffalo wings and a rocketeer sighting at an airport. We're going to introduce a new segment, uh, a Mount Rushmore segment, where we give a new topic every week, and we're going to give our our uh, Mount Rushmore um, for that topic. So this week's topic is breakfast cereals. Then we're going to continue our Mighty Ducks uh, watch and review with uh, D2, the follow-up to the classic Mighty Ducks. Um, we're going to get into 60 seconds on Big Brother, and then sports talk, including the Lionel Messi saga, Leonard Fournette to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Jags tanking, NBA matchups, and then we're going to finish up with what are you watching and what are you listening to. And if you could do us a favor, please rate and review us on iTunes, on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review and a rating, and that would help us out a lot. So what's going on, man? Uh, Same as usual, working, just working in the rain this week. Got home today and had these delicious $30 center cut prime meat steaks that my wife just loved to complain about until she had her first bite yeah and then we decided this needs to be like a quarterly thing because i mean we're not balling out of control we can't get 30 dollars steaks once a week but god damn they were delicious every once in a while you just got to treat yourself i mean you could have cut it with a spoon and prime's the way to go you got to get I, the stuff in the case yeah. and it's worth the money it's it was worth tw- every penny 20 28.99 for a pound, and then we paired it with some nice instant mashed potatoes. <laughs> so it was a thirty-dollar meal with a twenty-nine-dollar steak, and we, there was three of them, each of them about the size of your fist. But it was, it was honestly one of the best steaks I've ever had, at least at the house. How'd you do them? How'd you cook them? She we she cooks them inside um, on an iron skillet. She'll throw like heat up the pan and then throw some salt on there, which is what we just started doing. But it like gets the tips like nice like the you know the outside of it. crust on it. God, that crust is so good. That's my favorite part. And I've always liked burnt food. I guess because my mom burnt the food growing up. Oh so no! So like burnt book, burnt cookies, burnt bacon, burnt steaks. Like I mean, not like charred. That's disgusting. But there's burnt tips on it. I'm all about that. I cook them inside on a cast iron, and then I'll I'll get it screaming hot, and then I'll do maybe you know depending on how thick it is, one or two seconds per side. Yep. Or one, one, one or two minutes per side. Throw some two bo- seconds. That's <laughs> fucking Dracula steak. A, a good vet could revive it. No. <laughs> um, one, one or two minutes per side. Throw some butter with, if I got rosemary, throw some rosemary and some garlic <sighs> and then toss it in the oven and let the oven finish it off. And, man, if, you, if you're if too lazy to fire up the grill or you don't have a grill, that's one way to just nah. make an excellent Inside steak. Inside steaks are good. We First time we did that when we lived at our, our, the loft downtown by, you know, Pops. Yeah. And, um... First time we did that, and we didn't realize that by getting it the pan so hot and by throwing it on, it's a smoke show. Oh, yeah. We set off every fire alarm in that building, and we couldn't reset it because we didn't know like the code. We had to call the landlord. She had to come out. I mean, the whole there's like 12, 12 units in that building. All twelve of them were just staring at us with like dagger eyes down the hallways because you know we knew that was us. But goddamn, did we not enjoy that steak that night? It was worth After it. waking up everybody or you know disturbing everyone's night. We said, "Fuck it, man!" As soon as we got that fire alarm off, we we devoured that steak. It was worth it was worth getting the dust there from it the neighbors. Worth it. And um, had a had a family lunch this weekend. My brother in law, well, it's my I guess it's my sister in law and her husband, yes. right? Because it's my wife's sister, and um, he was cooking some uh, some some tacos. And you know, the whole time they're just stressing. You know, this is a laid back environment. Just come and relax. And you know, they just kept stressing to just dress comfy and be yourself. And finally, I had to tell him like Dakota. 
As a dad, I dress to impress no one. You do not have to tell me if we're having a Sunday lunch to just come and wear what I want. I'll wear my slides. I'll wear my you I'm, know, sweatpants, and I'll wear my hat. I'm doing that anyway. Yeah, I'm literally not changing for you, so you don't have to tell me to change for you because this is who I am on a Sunday at least. And you're lucky there's not a game on because if it was this coming Sunday, I'd have to politely decline. But we went, and the food was fucking delicious. It wasn't delish. It was delicious. No need to abbreviate useless words. I just had to get that in there. My wife is starting to do that, and I always correct her. I hate when people- Is that bothering you a bit? It is bothering me because it's it, you're not even having to write out the word. You just have to enunciate the last syllable of the word, and it's really not that much work. It's one of my pet peeves. So if I like kind of scold you later on for some stupid abbreviation, you've been warned. Okay. Well, I, I don't think I do that. But you don't. You don't because I would have said something already. I don't think I do that. Well, I didn't eat delicious steaks. I went- to the fine dining establishment known as Olive Garden, or as I like to call it, the Denny's of Italian food, because <laughs> it is absolutely terrible. But my son, for whatever reason, is obsessed with Olive Garden at the moment, which bugs the shit out of me, because all he does is get chicken chicken fingers and french fries. You can go to Wendy's for that. Well, yeah. And, and, and there's a side Chick-fil-A or and something. And there's a side of, well, we eat Chick-fil-A. I don't stock in Chick-fil-A. <laughs> Um, and it does come with a side of spaghetti and sauce, but uh, it, they have those stupid tablets that are on the table, and he likes uh, playing the games. So does like I think Buffalo Wild Wings, man, go there. And Chili's does too. And he yeah. was on a Chili's kick for a while. His taste buds, no, at least. And I've downloaded every game he plays on the phone. I'm like Landry, we don't have to go here. But he's like, no, we're going to Olive Garden. God. And I get, I get my ass whipped by a five year old. It's really <laughs> every, time. every time. Yep, every time. That. But yeah, so we went to Olive Garden today, and it was lackluster. It, it's like ex- every other experience. So I've never had an Olive Garden experience where I just walked out and just licked my lips. And thank God there's an Olive Garden near me. No, and you know I ended up getting just appetizers. Like I got um, calamari and shrimp scampi, fried yes. shrimp scampi, and I just didn't feel like ordering a big shitty twenty dollar meal. No, I think what I always get the only thing I can like there is a chicken parm. It's hard to screw that up. Yeah, that's probably why I always get that. But I, you know, and I've only I've only been there a handful of times. They had some really good soup one time we went. I shouldn't have even brought this up because I have no idea what it's called. It's like a white white sauce. I think there might have been chicken in there. It's pro. Is it the chicken and gnocchi uh, soup? It's got the little dumplings. Yeah, yes. that is something really gnocchi, good. Gnocchi, that, every time know. we go, they were like, "All right, we at least got to get. Let's at least get that, and we'll split something." I usually get the um, Zuppa Toscana. It's got the potatoes and the sausage. And I think it's like kale in there. Yeah, it's a pretty we, killer soup. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll go for some soups, but. But I just got appetizers. Now that's the way to go. Because I about a decade ago, I went to Italy. And I went to Rome, Milan, Florence, um, Naples, and I had Italian food. And obviously, what we get here is not Italian food. But once you've had that. Bar is really high. I mean, it's just, it is the <laughs> Denny's of Italian food. It is terrible. <laughs> Shout out to Olive Garden if you're listening. I hope I didn't screw up any Yeah, we're taking sponsorships for sure. <laughs> I love well, that can, chicken farm. We can mark that off. <laughs> All right. Um, so let's go on to the news desk. First story is the hashtag NFL drop EA was trending this week. I think at some point it was number one in the nation, number one in the whole world across Twitter. Um, but Madden has been on a decline for several, several years. Yeah. Madden 08 
and Madden 12 were widely regarded as the best Madden games of all time. And if you go to our Twitter, which is twitter.com slash the dad lab pod, um, I've retweeted some of the glitches that user that players have reported this week. Like there's one, they call it the Mike Tomlin glitch. Like this guy, it shows this guy, he catches a pass down the sideline he's gone. And this guy comes, this player that's not in the game comes from the sideline and just destroys the guy. <laughs> there's another one where the guy throws into double coverage. The, the D uh, the defensive backs break it up and the ball rests on the guy on the defender's head. And he's running downfield with it on his head and he gets into the end zone and then it falls on the ground. Um, but this is what happens when you have a monopoly on something. Yeah. EA has a monopoly on... Soccer? Uh, well, no. They've got Pro Evolution Soccer, which is made by Konami, which is a competitor, and it's a legit competitor. Um, but they have a monopoly on hockey um, and football. Um, Whatever happened to 2K? 2K made good NFL games. They still make basketball. They still make basketball, but they but the NFL has uh, an exclusive license. They have an exclusive license with rock. EA, and that's why for years, since they don't have a competitor, yeah. they can just rest. It's an like you said, it's a roster update every year. It's a sixty dollars roster update. Um, so how can you fuck it up that bad when you have an, a formula that worked, you know, twelve to eight years ago? Like you said, how can they? digress so much that they just literally don't give a shit they don't um somebody posted a on twitter a a a user posted a he screenshotted his review and it was a 2.0 and the director of gameplay the head director of gameplay replied to the guy and said two is better than one this guy works for ea he's the head director of gameplay and he replied two is better than one that's that's what's going on at ea you know now they're moving everything away from franchise franchise mode which, which is really which is upsets my mode. me yeah that's that's what i pl- growing up that's what i'd always do pick my I'd obviously always be the cowboys sometimes you can do a fantasy draft and yeah if, if the cowboys had like a shitty roster or whatever your team was had a bad roster and you wanted to build up maybe pick Mahomes number one or whatever but if your team had a good roster cut whoever you didn't oh don't cut trade them trade obviously trade see what you can get on the trade market for those guys but build your own team up you know at the end of the year you get to hoist that trophy but they're going away from they're going away from franchise mode, and they have for years, and they're going to the ultimate team mode, which is filled with microtransactions. That's where money, they make money, money. extra yeah. money. You know, all these kids, all these people are buying different, all these packs, trying to get, trying to build their teams, trying to get certain players, trying to get certain cards. Um, and FIFA started that trend. They started the ultimate team trend, and they're getting away from manager mode, which is their franchise mode, which is what I when because when we were coming up, there was no there was no ultimate team, there was no mm-hmm. you you could play single games, you could play tournaments, or you could play seasons or franchise modes. So that's what I do, um, you know. And they they've misspelled player names, which, like they which blows my mind. They misspelled Derrick Henry. It was D E R E K, and he has two R's, and I think it's I C K. Yeah, it's an I. Um, and they had like they had and the. And he was the rushing title champion last year. You'd think that it, I would understand if they got the the fifty third man wrong on Jacksonville's roster, but you know the guy who rushed for almost eighteen hundred yards or eighteen hundred all purpose yards and they um uh they had the Vikings logo listed under the Titans team. So when you went to go select the Tennessee Titans, the Minnesota Vikings logo was there. They were using 
players from five years ago in in like you know like when they have the like the loading menus like when you're waiting to go mm-hmm. into game they'll have yeah. like the loading menus with like a picture and like you know like a tip for the game they had um peanut tillman breaking oh, up been a pass out of the for years breaking up a pass from uh, a green bay re- receiver that hasn't been in the league in five years so it's stuff like that um it's it received the lowest review score in Madden history. The meta, the critic rating on Metacritic was sixty out of a hundred. When for years past it never got below an eighty. The user score, the user rating was a zero point four out of a hundred. Golly, hey, it's better than a zero point three. That's what they would say if you're <laughs> yeah, if you're yes, EA. that guy. Wow. But you know, and the the sad thing is, is, it at some point the NFL has to pay attention and and realize that this is making their product look bad. And, and the only way that we're going to get changed is if they pull their license because they just renewed last year their license through 2026. And the only re- well, the only way to force action is to fuck with their money. So Well, I mean, people are still buying it. I know, because people are idiots. It's a $60 roster update. Yep, and I thought about getting it because I, I loved our draft class we just had, but like you said, it's it's just not worth it. Like I, I'm on Madden 17. I've been playing that since obviously like 17 when it came out, and I think I'm on like my fourth year because I'll play like when the when the season starts, I get really into it, you know. Yeah. And I'll play it pretty pretty hard, but so I'm in the league there, and it's like you know I got I drafted like awesome receivers. That's basically like my new CD Lamb, and I have like a nice you know corner that's like my uh, Diggs. Yeah, my Trayvon Diggs. So it's like I got my own guys that I've created, and I'm not I'm not going to spend sixty and, bucks. And it's not just and it's not just the 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 gameplay decisions, and you know the misspelling of players' names and the logos. They were indoor. There, there. I don't forget. I should have got the guy's name. Uh, there was an influencer who was in big in the Madden scene. He was uh, he was on the competitive side. He was playing tournaments and stuff like that. But he was known on several occasions on Twitter to drop the the n-word with a hard r and there were and they were going to put him in the game as a playable like a selectable coach for your franchise mode until they got so much heat they decided against it and they pulled it but it was only until the community caught on and they got all that heat but they weren't going to do it and if nobody caught on they were going to let that guy he was going to profit off all that he was going to profit off of it and you know it's just it's sad it's a sad state that a game a staple game that i grew up oh man i loved growing up with that this far and I'm playing a game from seven years ago. I'm right now I'm like eight or almost ten years in. <laughs> That's a you made a big commitment no, no, no. there. I, man. I'm like twelve or thirteen years into a, a your... dynasty on NCAA fourteen on the PS three. I was that's what I was doing before I came over. That's yeah. why I was late. And you started off right. You know, you're very humbled with your beginnings. OC at North Texas and just worked your way up. I was three. I spent three years as an OC at North three Texas. Three humbling years. In three Dayton. three years <laughs> in Lubbock at Texas Tech, and then I spent a year at San Jose State, and then the Kentucky so, job opened, and I wanted to rebuild an SEC team, and I've been to back to back national championships. Congratulations! I won one, bro. lost one. I lost to Michigan last who, night. Who did you beat though the first time? Miami of Ohio. Miami of Ohio. Because that that's cool about NCAA. Is that is Ben Roethlisberger's son playing for him? Uh, there's always one wonky like non Power Five team that'll get up in the rankings. And your year at San Jose State, didn't you make yeah, the championship? I made, I made, so you were the wonky team that yeah, year. And um, really Kentucky would be too. But what's crazy is this was ne- there was this was a previous generation's technology and it is so deep. Like the Oh yeah, it's great. The dynasty mode is so deep. Like I spend to, and I, I shouldn't have pulled back this curtain because I look like a huge nerd. But I'll I give sp- you uh, about five minutes on this. I spend too much time recruiting. 
Like that's I will recruit part, and though, scout man. and uh, you know create pipelines and um, making promises. You better keep promise, them because yeah. if you break that promise, man. Because at the end of the year, remember, at the end of the year, it'll it'll have you know the your your kids that are leaving, and if your underclassmen are leaving, you can make promises to persuade them to stay. Now some kids are ranked ninety nine and. It'll say NFL draft projection round one, and they're very hard to, you know, they're making those virtual millions. Yeah. So, um, but it's sad that it's it's 2020, and I have to play a PS3 (laughs) game from seven years ago to get a good simulation football experience. But that's kind of where we are. Um, It's just terrible. If y'all are interested, just get on YouTube, get on Twitter, um, and and search in a Madden NFL 21 reviews and you'll you'll see what I'm talking about um so I think that brings us to our boneless chicken wing guy to our controversial hero our it's the <laughs> hero that we all need at a time like this I mean in a in a time when our nation is so divided one brave man has the balls to stand for what he believes in and he draws a line in the sand ladies and gentlemen Andre Christensen I promise I won't take up too much of your time here. My name is Andrew Christensen. Uh, I live at 1212 Twin Ridge Road. Lincoln has the opportunity to be a social leader in this country. We have been casually ignoring a problem that has gotten so out of control that our children are throwing around names and words without even understanding their true meaning and treating things as as though they're normal. I go into nice family restaurants and I see people throwing this name around and pretending as though everything is just fine. I'm talking about boneless chicken wings. I propose that we as a city remove the... Excuse me, I'm trying to... Yeah, excuse me. Come on. I propose that we as a city remove the name boneless wings from our menus and from our hearts. These are our reasons why. Number one, nothing about boneless chicken wings actually come from the wing of a chicken. We would be disgusted if a butcher was mislabeling their cuts of meats, but then we go around and pretending as though the breast of the chicken is its wing. Number two, boneless chicken wings are just chicken tenders, which are already boneless. I don't go to order boneless tacos. I don't go and order boneless club sandwiches. I don't ask for boneless auto repair. It's just what's expected. And then number three, we need to raise our children better. Our children are raised being afraid of having bones attached to their meat. That's where meat comes from. It grows on bones. We need to teach them that the wing of a chicken is from a chicken, and it's delicious. I propose that we rename boneless wings in the city of Lincoln. We can call them buffalo-style chicken tenders. We can call them wet tenders. We can call them saucy nugs or trash. We can take these steps and show the country that where we stand and that we understand that we've been living a lie for far too long and we know it because we feel it in our bones. Thank you. What a fucking legend. I mean, come on. Guy's got a point. In a time where we're stuck with two shitbag candidates for president, we it just kind of set the stage for people because that was an audio clip, and I did post I did post this on our Twitter as well, and I think on our Instagram. Uh, so if you want to see the video, you can see it there. But go ahead and set the stage for people. This yeah, this is a Lincoln, Nebraska like 
uh, city hall meeting. Very official. I mean, the guy got dressed up in slacks. Uh, he had a cheeseburger tie <laughs> cheeseburger on. Tie. He's got a you know long red hair, rocking little mustache. The guy came dressed to impress and on a mission. And you could hear the one guy laughing at first, and he abruptly cuts him off. He is very serious He's like, about hey, this. I'm trying to make a point. Yeah, and then one of the city council members is like, yeah, give him a minute. You know, <laughs> he, he backs him up. And then there's this lady in the background, because it's just a fixed shot, like a set camera on this guy. And there's like two people in camera view. And this one lady, she's wearing a mask, but all you can see is like her just putting her head down and giggling you know she's, she's like trying shoulder to shrugging. Yeah, she's trying so hard not to laugh but my guys go he's 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 just tired of the you know the fake facade chicken nuggets because they're just they're spicy nugs you know they're wet tenders like he said meat grows on a bone and i mean i gotta say i agree with them i've always said this like boneless wings are just chicken nuggets. They are. They're big chicken nuggets, and they shouldn't be called wings. I totally agree with this I guy. Agree. And finally, somebody had the balls to stand up and so say, "Finally, it. someone." And you know, I'll I like boneless wings, but you're right. They're not because the, the, it's an oxymoron. It they're not, you know, boneless. Like he said, like I don't order boneless tacos. <laughs> I mean, it's it's pointless. Boneless asinine. auto care. For, yeah, just ask for spicy tossed wing or buffalo tossed. Chicken, chicken bites. Chicken bites. Yeah, that's what they are. Meat grows on a bone. My man's got a point, and he's out here speaking facts, and I'm just ready for 2024. Let's go, Christensen. I can't tell you how excited I was when I came across this. And what was funny was the amount of backlash that this got. Which is ridiculous because it's obviously a fucking joke. The guy's in a cheeseburger tie. Yeah. <laughs> he's got bright red, long, shoulder-length hair parted down the middle. And his dad was on the city council. Yeah, I think his dad's the one that hushed that guy to give him a minute. I think he just wanted to embarrass his dad and get a laugh. And he got a laugh. And I don't know why people are like railing against this. I think the guy's a legend for getting up there and maintaining his character so well. Like, because we were cracking up just listening to it for the fourth time today, you know. And Man. this guy had to practice in front of a mirror because he is stone faced. And like, I don't want to he... blow anybody out, but somebody in my family. Made it, and I I stay off of Facebook. I have a Facebook for my family to keep up with my family and my kid. But one of my family members posted, commented on this video, and said, "I can't believe this is what it's come to. We have big problems in this nation. Look at these people. It's people like this that are ruining the country." And I'm like, "It's," and I I commented. I took the time to comment. I said, "You you can't tell this is a joke. The guy's on a fucking cheeseburger tie." Talking about chicken nuggets, boneless wings. Like, come on. Like, it was so drenched in satire. And it, I'm just like... Yeah, honestly, if you don't get the joke, then the joke's on you. Yeah. <laughs> because like you I, was, I, I heard that and I was cracking up. I heard it in my car. I listened to G-Bag. And that was one of the G-Bags of the day. And it somehow didn't win. They had, like, some Tolo do a rap song. So he won because it just gave everyone, like, praise on the show. So they obviously course. loved that. But I was just cracking up. And I heard this guy. I was like, this guy should obviously win uh, it, but god bless a man that'll just speak from the heart i love draw it. a line in the sand he'd get my vote yeah he'd get my vote he'll start humble he'll take his dad's spot at the city council of lincoln and work his way up god help us um so the the last item in the news desk today um was a guy at the at lax la international airport that was seen flying three thousand feet in the air with a jetpack. I get the I I'm reading the story from wearethemighty.com and it says P- 
pilots flying into Los Angeles International Airport on Sunday evening reported seeing a man in a jetpack in a jetpack flying at an altitude of around 3,000 feet and about 10 miles from the airport. The first pilot to see the mysterious aviator said he was only about 300 yards from the plane. You can hear the exchange of the actual transmission. Says, and the pilot says, Tower American 1997, we just passed a guy in a jetpack. How high was he? He again? was 3,000 feet. Golly, that's a Up in the air, pack. and he was only 300 yards away from the plane. You got to think 300 yards when... And that space is pretty close. I mean, I don't know how jet engines work, but is that close enough to, like, suck you in? Like, I don't know. Um, and a second pilot also reported seeing a man flying with something strapped to his back in the same area. And the air traffic controller acknowledged the message and said, only in LA. <laughs> and then they sent a warning to other pilots that are approaching LAX to, you know, approach with caution. Um, you know, and some people said the pilots were tired and they were seeing things, but aviation experts doubt that because they said pilots are highly trained to have a great sense of vision and perception oh, yeah. And for two pilots on two separate flights to notice the same thing, it gives credibility. Yeah. First thing I thought of was, uh, is Stark Industries in L.A. or is that in New York? That's in L.A. Well, there you go. Figured it out. Next next topic. <laughs> I can't, that that reminds me of The Rocketeer. Did you ever see that movie as a kid? Oh, yeah, I love that movie. Dude, it's a great movie. It's on Disney Plus, too. Oh, yeah, it is. Uh, it's going to have to be a movie and review coming up. Yeah, it is. We brought that up. But think about the engineering that goes on. Because you normally, you know, you've seen those ones that go in the water. Yeah, those are cool. But those are used by, like, water. Water, yeah, because they've got a big tube, you, you yeah. know, connected to something in the water to no, pump the like water. No, this is like some this Tony is Stark shit. Like, you know, as we're falling behind in the around the world in engineering and mathematics and all this, where is this guy? Can somebody give this guy a job? Yeah. Because to get yourself 3,000 feet in the air and then back down safely, that is and, a feat. And I imagine when he's going 3,000 feet, he's like parallel. with You know, he's not shooting up. He's rocketing out. So he's like planking in that form and just boosting through the air. It's like those wingsuits, you know? Yeah. But instead of falling, he's actually maintaining. And he's got like... Flames coming out the back. I mean, <laughs> what how a fucking badass. cool is that? And uh, Rand, that you brought that, I just remember too. I was listening to NPR, and uh, they were talking about um, UFOs, and this is what it reminded me of. They, you know, they're trying to get away from calling it a UFO. Yeah, it's called a, a UAP now, which is an unidentified aerial phenomenon. So I think they just experienced a UAP in in LA. It'll forever be UFO. It will. That's what they're saying. They're like they'll never because that's such a popular term. But they're really trying to because they think when you think at UFO, you think you know, alien aliens. And it could be anything. That's why it's an unidentified flying object. It could be a fucking brick going through the air, and you're like, oh, what is that? It's flying, and I don't know what it is. That's a UFO. Yeah. You know, it's just something coasting through the air. I guess if it's being propelled, that's more of a flying object rather than a tossed object. Brick wasn't a good example. <laughs> I immediately regret that <laughs> example. I'll edit it out. Don't worry. <laughs> Actually, I won't. <clears throat> All right, so let's move on to our Mount Rushmore. And like I said... In the opening, this is going to be a segment, um, and we may not do it every week. You know, it may be a here or there thing, but um, as you know, Mount Rushmore, it's got four presidents. Name them. I can't. Uh, I'm a bad American. It's, it's left. It's Washington, Jefferson, Lincoln, Lincoln, and Teddy Roosevelt. Well, I'm a bad I got American. the wrong Roosevelt up there if you ask me. <laughs> I, was a, I was a history major at the beginning. I'm glad. Obviously, I made the right choice <laughs> to get out of that. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so uh, every you know every Mount Rushmore segment is going to have a different topic. Our our first one is going to be breakfast cereal, because that's a that's a topic that can be wide ranging. 
highly lot of debatable. highly debatable, a lot of different opinions. Yep. So how do you want to do this? You want to go your four and then my four? Do you want to alternate? We can do one's four and then another four. And before we start this too, if anyone, if any of the three listeners like have any suggestions, just send that in to whatever Matt suggested earlier, just for ideas of the Mount Rushmore. Yeah, you can email us at uh, thedadlabpod at gmail.com or you know drop it on our Twitter. Um, just search the Dad Lab Pod or our Instagram. Do the same thing. It's across all platforms. But yeah, if you have any ideas, feel free to email or or message us, and and we'll fit it into the show. All right, you want me to go first? You go first. And mine's gonna be in no order. I don't know if you. I don't have order. an order. And uh, I got. I just I guess I just looked out because I looked up like because I wanted like to kind of like visualize all of them. So it had a list. It had their ranking, which I obviously ranked my own. But it had sales and units sold. If you're interested in that, I can okay. throw that in. So. Cinnamon Toast Crunch, fucking delicious. Three hundred and forty-four million in sales. How how many units is that? That's one hundred and five point two million boxes sold, and that's one of those cereals, excellent dry or with milk. Yes, the cinnamon's not too overbearing. It's a good cereal to get soggy. Certain cereals are good soggy. Certain you can only eat crunchy. I get it, but you know, I'm always been I've always kind of been a soggy guy. Cinnamon Toast Crunch, yeah, excellent but when it's soggy. Didn't you kind of reveal that you have a gutter palate earlier? I mean, you like burnt food. Oh fuck! I guess I did. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I set myself up for that one. All right. So like I said, I eat a lot of weird stuff. I like burnt food and I like soggy food. <laughs> Coming from the guy who went to Olive Garden earlier. Oh uh, yeah. All right. right. <laughs> Let's just not talk about our palates. Yeah. <laughs> Let's continue on with our classy cereal talk. <laughs> so number two, Frosted Flakes. That's a classic. Okay, that's a classic. Everyone grew up eating Frosted Flakes. We have 412 million in sales. That's 132 million boxes. That's that's pretty great. Oh, my. <laughs> All right. Moving on. Reese's Puffs. Great cereal dry. You can eat that. I'm more of a dry cereal eater on that than, than with milk, but that is an excellent snack. I'm a peanut butter guy, but... That is an abomination of a cereal. Well, good thing it's my list. Yeah, fair, fair enough. <laughs> but well, this will tell you. This will back it up because, like we said, Frosted Flakes four twelve four hundred twelve million in sales, hundred twenty one million in sales. So, wow. so about a three hundred million dollar yeah. difference. Yeah. So I think you might again gutter palate. This is my 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 four, and then, now I'm embarrassed to give up my fourth one. Do it because uh, I even put on there how their best one soggy is a. Uh, Fruity Pebbles, which could also be replaced with Cocoa Pebbles. Okay, no, that's solid. That's 172 solid. million in sales. Only 54 mil. Only 54 million boxes. That's still shitload of boxes sold. If I'm going to fruity cereal, though, I might go Fruit Loops. Yeah, but I like I like getting a fat spoon of Fruity Pebbles, and there's literally like a hundred little pebbles in there. True, and I and feel like a giant eating them. <laughs> and it is better uh, soggy. soggy. You it are is. correct. Yeah, you are correct. And then on the list, just to just to show you the the top two. Um, Top two, this was based on sales, obviously. Number two was Honey Nut Cheerios. They sold okay. $421 million worth. That's over 129 million boxes. And then Plain Old Cheerios was actually number one, $435 million with 131 units. So Cheerios alone is over $800 million in sales a year. Billion-dollar industry just on some Cheerios. Just on Cheerios. Yeah, it's damn near a billion. And you know, and they uh, they always promote that it's kind of heart healthy. Yeah, and it helps with cholesterol. So I think that I think that helps. Which is smart. Yeah, it's very smart. And you show Grandpa eat pouring a big bowl with his grandkids. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's just so humble. Touches so the heart. Touches the heart. Okay. All right. Good list. Good list. All right. So <laughs> I feel like you're being facetious. All no, right, all right. no. You had some solid picks. All right. And we share two of them. I'll go ahead and get that out of the way. Sweet. So. 
on my Mount Rushmore was Cinnamon Toast Crunch. It's yeah, it's an OG from from childhood. Mm-hmm. It's a gangster. It's just it's an all around good cereal. You can eat it dry. You can pop it in a bowl and hand it to your hand it to the kid and and you know as a quick snack. Um, it's versatile in that way. Um, and then Frosted Flakes. Me and Tony the Tiger, we were homies growing up. I love Frosted Flakes. That to me is a either dry. I can eat it more crunchy or soggy. Either way, either way, it's good. Yep. Um, so where are we different? And this is my number one personal favorite cereal: Honeycomb. Honeycomb is good. I like doing a little less milk than I normally would because I like getting the crunchy pieces mixed in with some on the bottom that are that are um, that are a little bit soggier. But there, it's just it's a solid cereal. Man. That's it's that's so the one good. for me growing up. I had honeycombs, honey, honeycombs and pops. Seems like pops. I ate that a lot growing up. I love and they're pops. like both yellow boxes. I guess that's why I relate the two. But those are definitely two I've hadn't had in a while. But growing up it, yeah it didn't pops didn't make my list but pops was definitely because i'm a i'm a i'm 34 and i still eat cereal for dinner oh, i grew up we grew up with cereal sunday at my house and you're telling me about that yeah because my mom would be dead tired at the end of the week she's like y'all are eating cereal tonight and oh, sweet well we'd always have like four boxes in the house mm-hmm. you know we'd have a sweet variety so yeah. cereal sunday man dude i'm down um and then my last cereal from mount Ru- my mount rushmore and it's probably a little lesser known, and I'm, so I'm going to have to describe it, but it's called Sugar Crisp. It's the gold box. That's the bear? With the bear. That's real old school. I haven't s- you can get it at uh, Walmart, and you can get it at Foodland here in town. Um, that is literally just sugar. It's straight sugar. Yeah. It's <laughs> sugar crisp. I, I think that's one my mom stopped buying because it was so sugar. So bad for yeah. you. But yeah, that is one of my, obviously it's on my Mount Rushmore. It's one of my favorite cereals of all time. There you go. I just love it. I do have some honorable mentions. Um one Captain Crunch. Captain that Crunch. is a must. Soggy regular Captain Crunch regular. or Crunch Berries. Uh, either no one. No peanut butter though. No, and see, I'm a peanut butter guy. But when you try to put peanut butter, when you try to make peanut butter certain things like peanut butter cereal, for instance, for me, it never, it never translates. Like it's never, it just doesn't work for whatever reason. Um, but Captain Crunch or Crunch Berries, you have for me, it's a must. Soggy because it will. Yeah. Yeah, mess it's up like the roof of your mouth. Yeah. Like you will pay for eating a bowl of Captain Crunch for like three days. <laughs> it will destroy the roof of your mouth. Um, two, Honey Nut Cheerios, which you mentioned. It's a solid option. Now, as as an adult, I can't eat as much honeycomb or Frosted Flakes as I like. So Honey Nut Cheerios, I can eat it and not feel the guilt. Apple Jacks is, is my third. Apple Jacks is on my honorable Apple mention. Jacks is delicious. Yep. And a, underrated, man. Underrated, ballsy for... Going out and making an apple cereal. And what does their spokesman little guy look like? I, mean, I have no he clue. Looks, he looks like a wild Rastafarian. Like, I don't know how. Somebody on acid yeah. made it. <laughs> I have no clue. Um, and then fourth is Frosted Mini Wheats, which oh, is an yeah. excellent soggy cereal. That, that excellent is, Excellent soggy cereal. And, again, I can eat it without guilt. Yeah, that you, that's definitely one you eat guilt-free. You know, it, yeah, it's frosted. It's got some sugar, but it's not sugar crisp. It's not... Um, Cookie Crisp, which is one that didn't make either of our lists, but Cookie Crisp, I it's know. like a wild coyote, like on that box. Yeah, right? I know that was a popular one, you know, for a long time. Um, but Frosted Mini Wheats is one I love. Overfilling the cereal with milk and letting it get real soggy, and then it's man, it's it's solid and it fills you up. It's got ton of fiber, so it fills you up. Yeah, it gets you to gets you to lunch pretty good. <laughs> I'll eat a bowl of honeycomb and I'm hungry ten minutes later. So. 
pretty much I had all those on my honorable mention. Last one I had raisin bran crunch, and I know I might be an outsider on that, but no. less, less raisins but more crunch. Lauren likes the raisin bran crunch. Raisin she bran she crunch. loves raisin bran and the bran crunch. Two scoops, man. Two scoops. Two scoops box. is all you need. Uh, one thing before we move on: Do you ever spice it up? You ever? Add like a banana in here. Absolutely. I, I grew up with my grandma always cutting up a banana. We would have cornflakes, not frosted flakes. Yeah. Cornflakes corn with, with the rooster on there. Yeah. And she would add her own sugar yep. and just cut up a banana for me. And that was yeah. so good. Uh, my dad did that. First time I did that, had a frosted flakes. Frosted flakes with the banana. is It's it's nostalgic. It takes me back. And mm-hmm. it's just good. Like a peanut butter and banana sandwich, too. I had those a lot growing up. Yeah. Um, and I do it with <laughs> uh, Honey Nut Cheerios as well. Yeah, you obviously banana. can't do it with every cereal. Right, there's certain ones. But there's that, certain ones like Frosted Flakes, Cheerios. Like I tried man, it with Honeycomb. Banana, dude. Cut one up then. Tried it with Honeycomb. It didn't work. Did not, <laughs> did not work. I Sad ended up day, just picking them day. up, picking them out and just Give eating them, them the after dog. the fact. Um, but no, it was uh, bananas and cereal is a thumbs up. Definitely. And that brings us to our movie discussion, our continuance of the Mighty Duck series. And this week, uh, we talked about doing D2 and D3 at the same time, but we couldn't get to D3 this week, so we're just going to do D2. Andrew has a little bit fresher view on it um, because he just watched it. I watched it last week. I just finished it. I watched it in three parts. Uh, I started it the last week before you came over. I got to uh, like the montage. We're all getting together. Had to stop it. Started it two days ago before Claire got home, and then I had to stop it when Bombay was going up against... Wolf the dentist Stanson and yeah. their like little head on head matchup and so stopped it then and then I picked it up for the third time today and finished it. So the ending's fresh. The other one I had to take lots of notes on. It's okay. We got time. Notes are good. That way that's less um and uh and yeah. uh that yeah. we do. Like seriously, we're trying to get better on that by that just I'm making of. copious notes. All right, nice so word, copious. Copious. I actually I think I used it right too. Yeah, you did. That's a dollar word. More than I got. So, uh, you want to start it off? Uh, I mean, just like a quick overview. Cause yeah, let's just do a quick overview. I really feel like they made this movie because the first one's success, and they're like, let's just fucking do it again. Well, let's that... put little to no effort into it, and let's just make you know new rivals. Because it's the same thing. They're just same formula. Now. Yeah, they've just got a few extra pieces, which I'm glad they replaced who they replaced. Like the little Chihuahua, the kid from Heavyweights, Juicy Smollett. You know, like, and they added Keenan Allen. I feel like Keenan or Keenan Allen, Allen Thompson, Keenan yeah. Allen, wide receiver for the Chargers. <laughs> Keenan Thompson replacing Smollett was a great pick, dude. He's been in the movie industry for like twenty five years now, and he's still he's still good now. Still good, yeah. He's a funny guy. I bet he's cool as shit on Saturday Night Live. Like, I, I really like Keenan Thompson, so I thought that was a good replacement. And um, and a big part of it was is they tied this into the introduction of the Anaheim, Anaheim. Ducks franchise into the NHL. Yeah, because um, they. I don't want to, you know, we're skipping ahead, but at the end, you know, they give they're they're in the jerseys for the third period. They're playing, and they're playing at their arena. At their arena, so that was a big part of why the movie was yeah, made. And they were the Mighty Ducks for like ten or fifteen years, they which played. I don't know why they dropped. It was so cool. They're probably just tired of being with Disney, <laughs> being attached to that. True. But growing up, you know, that was cool to me. That was cool to me until they played the fucking stars. So, yeah, the movie starts out. Um, with all the ducks getting rounded up in by Charlie, by Charlie, with the duck call, yep, <laughs> just riding up on somebody, and they look around, hey, Charlie, and skating through the Mall of America again, and it, and it and it's implausible, and it wouldn't happen, but you know, you've got eight, eight or ten ducks, and then you've got a few sprinkled in from around the country. So you're telling me 
these are the eight or ten best kids and they just yeah. happen to play on the same crap youth hockey team in Minnesota and then, you know, we're just we're pulling everybody else from wherever. And it's a really ragtag team aside from the Ducks. You know, you had uh, the Cowboy from Austin, the uh, Speedster from Miami, the Figure Skater from San Francisco, and the Goalie from Maine. That's that's <laughs> one of the things I pointed out. It's very, very, very stereotypical. Oh, you yeah. couldn't make this movie in 2020 because – the kid from the figure skater, why did he have to be Asian? From San Francisco. From San Francisco. Uh, could you pick a more stereotypical redneck dude from Texas? Yeah, there was so from many Austin. E-Halls in that movie. From Austin. I promise you, there's nobody in Austin saying Yeehaw. No. It should have been like Abilene or, you know, like College Station. Or where Fort they Worth. Like, or Fort Worth. There you That's go. That's a big cowboy but, town. Yeah. yeah. Um, Fort Worth and then the Hispanic was from Miami. Ma- of course. Um, but you couldn't make that in 2020. You couldn't. There's and going back to the original. There was a lot of iffy things, you know, that couldn't they did back in the early nineties. They couldn't they couldn't get away with now. Um, but so yeah, they round up the team, and uh, of course, um, they they come together and you know they get a sponsor. They get that's a sponsor. Why, that's, that's what's going out there. They get a sponsor, and Charlie's like, "Well, uh, uh, Gordon, we're not we're not Hendrix. We're not USA. We're Duck. Well, the Ducks aren't in the competition. You're in a international competition. So sorry, Charlie. Sorry, you, Charlie. you you don't live in the United States of Ducks. You li- <laughs> live in the United States of America. You have to play as the USA. And yeah, guess what? You have a sponsor, so you don't have to pay for anything. And guess what? Bombay's banging your mom after this. So get over it." <laughs> No, he left his mom. Yeah, which she doesn't is, make an appearance. I think no, he just, which is a, he's probably died of a broken heart. Sh- they gave a Costco brand replacement. Yeah, totally. This is they a, gave a, absolutely. It a was a Kirkland's version of Charlie's mom, yeah. which was the teacher uh, tutor. Lady. Tutor who was like a fill-in coach when Bombay got too big headed <laughs> when he was soul searching and he came back with his stupid duck call. He, oh, so many duck calls. Which I get, but if I had, you know, duck calls and quacking by the end of it, I was just like almost happy to see the credits and move on to D3. So it opens up with them. I think they were playing Trinidad and Tobago, which that. Sweet uniforms, too. Sweet unis. Probably the best unis in the whole tournament. But that is, that is more impossible than a Jamaican bobsled team. team. I thought that, too. Like, you're telling me this island nation of like a million people are going to have 20 kids who play hockey? And just an a ice a hockey rink to practice in, and a radius that's can accommodate those twenty like, kids. What are we doing? Like you couldn't pick like Slovenia or yeah, somewhere where they actually play soccer, where they play hockey. I'll tell you what, though, when they scored that one goal, so they lost like twelve to one. They threw a fucking party. They were just there to have a good time. They knew they weren't going to happy win. to be there. Happy to be They're there. Happy to be there. I, I was happy for them. And then I think they rolled Germany. Yeah. Like seven to one or something. No, like that, that one was close. Or was that close? That was close because my boy Averman, the Jew of the team that we all love, <laughs> he uh, he had the game winning goal. Then his time was running out, and they went to the victory V formation. Averman was in the back, and Averman had the game winning goal against those Nazi Germanys. I bet Hans' heart broke that day. <laughs> he was in Germany standing trial. He was for on war crimes trial. Yeah, according to you, which I don't subscribe to that theory. I don't. Subs- why, why wasn't he there? Because he had to go back home. To stand trial for atrocities committed. Maybe maybe somebody died. Maybe he's going to a funeral. I think, they, going to I visit think they said something about his mom being yeah. sick. His mom always loved us more. That's probably because he had 
a pure bloodline for all we know. I don't know. I don't I don't believe you. I don't want to believe you. I'm not going to believe you. That's not <laughs> well, what happened. We'll see what happens in three. This will be a determining factor with the legacy of Hans. And then here comes the game with Iceland, which Iceland was a weird villain choice. Yeah, you know it's Russia. They're just calling them Iceland. It's but Russia was in the game. Well, Russia was in the tournament. I think they just didn't make them the villains, though, because, you know. The oh, Canada. Canada's too nice to be a villain. But not in hockey. They're still pretty nice. They're good, but I don't think. Don't, don't, you see how dirty Iceland played? That was like the dirtiest game well, both times they played them and their little scrimmage with coaches. Well, because they were all over six foot and grown men. They could have made it. Um, Who did America beat after they beat Russia to win the championship? Wasn't it Finland in 1980? Yeah, Miracle something like ice. that. Yeah, something make it, like that. Make it Finland. Yeah, make it Finland. Iceland. I think they. Sweden, I literally think they Norway. pick Iceland because idiots like us growing up think that whole country is made of ice. It's called Iceland. Of course, they probably skate to school. Well, they, they probably skate to work. The, well, the hot Iceland coach makes that distinction, and it's actually the wolf? opposite. No. <laughs> well, he is very pretty. He is a very pretty man. But no, she says Iceland is very green. Greenland's covered in ice, which I always thought uh, heard growing up too. And I was like, why the fuck don't they switch names? I just Iceland. You just don't think of that as a hockey. Rich I don't know nation. what to think of Iceland other than they're, they're D2. Good at, well, they had a villain. Their soccer team made a huge run at the Euro 2016. Did they start the They started the Viking like, yeah, that's really cool. clap chant. Um, but they get rocked. What was it? 12 1? 12 1, I think. Yeah. 12 1. Goldberg should have been pulled immediately. Banks, Adam Banks, our hero from the uh, original uh, movie. Can't catch a break. Oh, he got cheap shot. He scores. Guy slashes. He totally dirty. Yeah, he slams his stick. He hits him with the stick in the wrist. Um, and that guy got two minutes in the box for basically breaking Banks' arm after two players, uh, two ducks got ejected earlier in the game. Remember at the very first faceoff when the other, uh, not Fulton Reed, the other team Portman. Portman got in there and like just kind of pushed a guy and three seconds into the game he's ejected well because the ref came up behind his back and he just kind of turned and knocked him over and that's what he got ejected for and three then, seconds in and then the goal replacement and then Julie, Julie who was cat. probably getting like a lot of sexual harassment a lot of like oh you I'm know, sure was and then she just kind of like pushed him and they're like yeah. you're out of here too and then this fucking guy basically breaks Banks' forearm they're like alright buddy you're in there for two minutes don't do that again and then when he's in the box Dean Portman comes from somewhere and they couldn't just retire they couldn't just let the leather jacket go with the first movie he's in a leather jacket and a bandana yeah. and he's like i'm gonna kill you so they lose uh they lose embarrassed they they're embarrassed by iceland pathetic so you know Bombay speech. and of course they go to the old bag of tricks where gordon bombay kind of loses sight of what you know oh, he got a taste of that malibu life what he needs to do gave up on those kids quick he they go in the locker room after the game. You know, he's upset. He's, you know, he said, all I see is uh, Team USA one game away from elimination. They start undressing. They just got their ass kicked. And he's like, what are you doing? Don't take your pads off. He's like, get on the ice. And he's making them do sprints. And Charlie comes up to him and well, yeah, we're not having fun. He's like, well, we're not supposed to have fun, Charlie. We're one game away from elimination. And then he gets humbled and he burns the he i guess he makes like a self like a like a gordon uh, bombay effigy out. and he burns it and he's like all right we're done with this we're going to get back to having fun i think they beat canada and they beat one other team in their remaining group play games and they advance to the finals well, you're you're skipping over though how they 
how the team got back together on them on, on the, the mean on streets the mean streets playing some tag team whoop there it is some uh uh, playground style hockey, getting humbled by the kids on the streets, learning uh, learning about that knuckle puck shot, which is the most improbable, impossible shot in hockey. But uh, yeah, and then, we get introduced into uh, we get introduced to Nate Tyler earlier in the movie, which is played by Keenan Thompson. Yep. He's kind of talking Ultimate shit talker. He's kind of talking mess in kinda the stands. He kind of backs it up, but him and his brother, you know, they teach they. For some reason, they teach him to love the game again. For some reason, the entire team had just ha- ha- happens to have skates, gloves, sticks, all the equipment when they were just going to do like some calisthenics. Apparently, they were ready to go. They go play street hockey. Must have been really close too, because apparently they ain't driving. They must have bled over. They had a bus, uh, of course, because it shows them. Say. It shows them uh, getting picked up by the bus. Well, they have a dr- yeah driver. They got a must driver. Have just been chilling, smoking a Marlboro. <laughs> but uh. So Adam Banks gets hurt. Charlie comes to coach Bombay and says, hey, I know we got an open roster spot. I think I found somebody. Turns out it's Nate Tyler, the knuckle puck guy, the shit talker. One, which trick, le- one trick pony is which, what Which makes me wonder, like, was roster vi- – I mean, how many roster violations did we – did they have here? Yeah. I mean, you're subbing in this guy, and then right before the final, you know, Adam Banks comes back, and his wrist is all good. He can he can he can move the stick, and then he's just like, "Well, I guess you're out, uh, knuckle puck guy." And then Charlie does the noble thing. He's like, "No, coach, take my spot." Oh, Charlie hit puberty at one point in the movie. You know, the, yeah, well, <laughs> that doesn't happen till D three, I don't think. But that's just me, kind of. I've gave him. You I've given him two. I've given him two voices. I'm not, you know, I'm not. Well, and and it, we find out later. I think Charlie's more of a. He's headed in the coach's direction. Well, Still, he's, he's going to play while he can, but that's going to be a coach. Well, I think day. he said he even he had the line like, you know, how I always said I'd make a better coach than a player yeah. when he's bringing Tyler, you know, the uh, Keenan Thompson to the team. But uh, anyway, we get down to the and before that, uh, before we get to the final, you know, it's the night before the final. They're having a skate around. Coach Bombay wants to keep it loose. They got a beach ball out there. They're just hanging out. And what mm-hmm. happens? Ice Team Iceland shows up, full in a gear, row, just intimidation, full gear. They're ready to, you know, they're no, they're built, they're a very Bill Belichick approach with oh, no yeah. days off. Yeah, for sure. They're practicing. The crushes dentist the, crushes the. He crushes the beach uh, the beach ball. Coach Stanson's like, it's our ice. Bombay's like, no, I think it's ours. And then he makes fun of uh, he makes fun of Gordon for having no career, and Gordon comes back and says your career was a joke. And then they're like, well, how about we uh, we play a little game for the ice time? We hit with three bar, so you got to hit one off the each post and one off the crossbar. So I think Stanson takes the early lead. Gordon comes back and gets two quick ones, uh, takes another one away from from coach from the dentist, and then. Gordon's triple deking is about to make oh, about to win, there. and then he just gets a slash right to that bad knee, which we forgot to mention at the beginning. Yeah, that, that was actually the whole beginning of how that he was, went back to coaching because he was in the minors. He was this, this close, close to making it to the NHL, and it was like a check in the boards, which uh, yeah, checking the boards, and he goes down holding his knee. Yeah, so, tough he, break. So Stanson and slashes him in that knee. He goes Stanson down. Did his research to know about that injury from a minor league hockey game. I wouldn't like, expect he anything was aiming less for that fucking. I wouldn't knee. expect anything less. Yeah. So, uh, you know, that's just kind of setting up this whole game. We get into the final. 
First period doesn't go well. It's because he got Goldberg in there. Goldberg was terrible. never a good goalie. He was never a good goalie. He never should have been behind there. They never even gave Julia a shot. Pay, typical coach speak, lip service to her. Right after he said, hey, you'll get your chance. He promised her all that, man. He's, he filled her with so many promises. And then he let Goldberg give up 12 goals one time and like five, were they up like three nothing or four nothing? Like after yeah. one, it's like, pull fucking Goldberg. He doesn't even want to be there. And so, second period, more Iceland domination. I think it going into the third, it was four four nothing. And turning point of the movie, they break out the Ducks jerseys. Everybody kind of stands up and says, Say "I'm Charlie Conway. I'm from Duluth, Minnesota, and I'm Dean Portman from blah da da da, and I'm Kenny Lou from San Francisco because of course I am." And wouldn't you know it, they go out gangbusters on fire. They had a song on Q2 instead of We Will Rock You as We Will Quack You. We will like, qu- they had a song already. They, they were, had that they on just, deck, dude. Before the puck dropped for the third period, they were singing We Will Quack You. And then, you know, the writers were smart because they put in the movie what we were all thinking, and they made a line. They, they added a line and says there's no rules on changing uniforms. Yeah, you had to have that line. Even my wife was like, can you do that? And when my wife, like, who knows nothing about sports, is like, can you? she's questioning a sports movie like you've 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 messed up yeah. somewhere. Um and then the third period just gets all kinds of wacky. Yeah, there was one there was like an alley oop shot where I don't remember who it was, but someone just flicked the uh the puck, the puck across uh yeah, up in the sky across the whole ring and then it just like lands in one uh I think it was Banks just like he went to go get it, but he got tripped in front of the goal, so he just like slammed into the puck and got it between the goals. Like the most improbable, like wacky goals you've ever seen. And then I forget um, <clears throat> the girl's name, but Averman's girlfriend, she gets checked. Connie. She was going to get checked. Yeah. Cowboy. Cowboy yeah. Jumps the wall. And there's a rope. Literally, next oh, there's really? a rope. He brought his his rope to the bench so for whatever reason. It's literally so right he there. hops. He hops the bench. He skates across the ice, ropes the dude, and pulls him back just before he hits her. Two minutes for roping. When you're, this is a classic case of thing why you shouldn't go back and watch things that were great as a kid, as an adult. Yeah, you find you nitpick so you hard. You just nitpick, and I'm like, that would never happen. But when I'm when I was nine, that was awesome. Yeah, you wanted to be the guy roping and saving the girl. And then I think Kenny. You know, Kenny Wu does some ridiculous stuff. He uh, he got in a fight with a goalie, and he remembered what he learned on the streets. Yeah, drop the stick, throw the gloves, and pull the shirt over him. And then he gave off like some really soft punches. He goes into the penalty box. The Bash Brothers get all worked up. They go on like this most ridiculous tirade of like banging the glass and hyping up the crowd, which would be a total like delay a game. They're hyping up the crowd. They skate past the Iceland bench and slap them all on the heads. They're just getting so worked up, and then they get put in the penalty box. We're talking about a five-on-two now, the, realistically. The fan in me, or the sports fan in me, was like, you just put your team at a huge disadvantage. Yeah, you're going you're to give up so many goals now because you're down five to two Hey, Bombay, why don't you get a hold of your team? Yeah, and he finally did at the end. He's like, come on, let's play some hockey. It's like, yeah, you got three guys in the box. Finally play some hockey. But again, it's Disney, and we're in our 30s talking about this movie. <laughs> it's not sad at all. Yeah. So... It comes down to a shootout. Yeah, um, finally. In the final should've, shootout. Should have put in Julie a long time ago. Oh. Wouldn't have had the shootout. One of the goals, and we're doing a terrible job of recapping this, by the way, so if you're still there, we apologize. <laughs> we're wrapping it up, man. It's we're getting there. We're almost done. So one of the things, that, one of the other ridiculous things that happened, so they got, um, 
Keenan Thompson lined up for a knuckle puck, right? Yeah. It's going to happen. Well, of course, in reality, you've got to receive the puck, try to tip it on its Which edge. Which is difficult because we tried that growing up. You know, you oh, try we all tried it. And, and usually, half the time it falls over. Usually I had to bend down and pick it up and <laughs> yeah. set it up. I couldn't do it with the stick, <laughs> yeah, much right? less on skates, on ice, with people rushing with people me. rushing you, yeah. But he gets it up and he's he, he rears back and is about to fire and he gets lit up. And they go down Which and they steal the puck. one of the only realistic scenes in that movie. Yeah. So, you know, they call a timeout. Gordon wants to get him to take a shot. But he's like, hey, they're gunning for me. Yeah. So what is it? what do they do? They do all switcheroo. Somehow they take the time in, in the Yeah, we don't the, see how this happens. In the it time of a timeout, which is maybe it's 30 seconds, probably 30, maybe 60. a minute. Yeah. They switch a goalie. Which is a lot of gear. A lot of gear. A lot of gear to put on. And they put they put Keenan Thompson as goalie. They pass him the puck, pass him a stick, and he gets a knuckle puck off and scores from like center ice. Too. From center ice, I don't even know if he crossed the halfway part. He of the may, ice. They he just may not have. Stick and he goes knuckle puck. Here we go. And it's like it's the most ridiculous. Which wouldn't shot. it be, be like a blue line a two line violation? I believe. I believe so. But um, again, Disney and we're we don't care about continuity. We don't care if it's r- real. At the end, our guys are going to win. At the so, end, I just want to see that American flag waving. <laughs> so, it comes down to a shootout. They tie the game up with no time left, of course. They go to a shootout. I think Adam Banks makes his... Uh, Banks went last. Uh, yeah, he made his. couple, And there was a, a couple misses and makes for each. He got one is because Fulton Reed, because his went off the goalie's like skull, which probably gave him a huge concussion. Oh, yeah. And, and he, he falls down and the puck just drops across the blue line. And then he did line. that cool thing where he just stood up and like <laughs> put his stick through like his sword and it makes like the sound effect. It's like shing. But, you know, I'm glad he didn't do like some good cheesy like guitar shredding sound. So at least that was better than like a really cheesy. And then he like straddled it on his back. So could have been worse. So here's where Julie gets her chance. Finally. They were like, he's like, Gunner Gunner Stahl. They have, which, the, the Iceland players had such cool names, they too. Gunner Stahl. That's such a cool like name. like Carlson, like a last name Stahls and Carlson and Ericsson's also. You know, it's like, in in real life, they would have crushed Team USA. All those guys were like they were six, men. three. Yeah, they, they were, were grown men. men like a, like a, at, least, at very worst, they were a college level, you know, like University of Minnesota level hockey team. And the guy who played Gunnar Stahl, he went on to do some other stuff, and I didn't do the research, of course, because that's what we do is we don't do the research on stuff like this. But uh, he went on to play in other stuff in the future, but uh, Gordon Bombay actually shows some coaching acumen and is like, hey, he's going to go glove side. Triple D glove side. Julie, you've got the strong glove side. And she's like, well, how do you know? He's like, just trust me. So she puts him in, sure enough. They slow it down. He comes to a complete stop. Yeah, which wouldn't happen. Winds up. Shoots and then the whole place goes silent. She's sitting there like they wouldn't see that yeah, she caught it. Yeah, I was thinking it. the whole time you'd either see it in the back of the net and the fucking siren would go off, but it's like tense moment and then she just drops, drops it the off puck. Cool, Mic like, drop. Oh yeah. It's like yeah, y'all would have fucking known that because you can't see the puck in the goal and a siren's not blaring throughout the arena. So obviously we know she stopped it. So that is D two. Our ducks are victorious once again. And next week we will do D three, which um we kind of re we kind of previewed. They go they get, you know, scholarships to a prestigious um uh, prep school there in Minnesota. I think 
I think uh, they're all on JV or something, and they've got to earn their way to varsity. I think that may be the plot, and there's you know tension because they want to be ducks and they can't adapt to you know a new team and a new style. And Gordon's not the coach anymore. And um, oh, I'm sorry. He's on the he's on the cover though. He's in the movie. He's in the movie. But yeah, they replace him with another coach. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's for next week. We'll do that next week. But that was that was the coverage for D two. Still a cool movie. I still had fun watching it. Enjoyable, and yeah. I know we picked it apart, and you know that's kind of that was kind of the idea. But it's still a cool movie. It was still cool going back and watching it because I hadn't seen it in shh, I don't know twenty years plus. Yeah, I can understand why I loved like hockey back then. Oh, it was so stars cool! Were, like we said last episode, stars were. On a tear in the late 90s and Duck, you know, Mighty Ducks 1, 2, and 3 all come out in our childhood. Yeah, and it wasn't made for adults. It was made for kids. And as a kid, it was really cool. It just didn't hold up to the original. The original one was still... Like Sandlot still holds up. Like, yeah. that's still a really good movie. I could watch, like, we could review that in the coming weeks and we would probably say nothing but great things. Yeah. Which, Benny the Jet was uh, Espinosa from Miami. Yeah, he, he was the kid from... Uh, he was a, he the was speedster. The speedster from yeah, who Miami. Could, who learned to stop because... Because of yawn, yawn showed him and coke cans. Every time he knocked over those coke cans, how many fuck, how many cans did it take to set? Yeah, that back can't up? you just pick some cones? Yeah, he cones. literally set up like a hundred cans, and well, he would knock them over. Oh, let's do it again. Okay, I'll take a thirty minute break while you set up these cans. Well, cones would be much more efficient. <laughs> yeah, I was watching that. What a waste of time, dude. Oh man, so that was our coverage of D two. Um, uh, like we said at the beginning, if y'all have any movies that you would want to want us to review and discuss in the future episodes. Email us or drop us a line on Twitter, and and, and we'll uh, we'll take it into consideration. Yeah, we'll obviously watch anything because we just did D one and D two, <laughs> and next up's D three. So if you want to like have anything like that actually like got nominations or actually like is worth watching, let us know because we'll watch anything. And that brings us to our favorite segment of the show: sixty seconds on Big Brother. Right, let's go. What you got? <laughs> All right. So this week we had Enzo, a.k.a. This is the nickname he, he goes by, Meow Meow. He's like a 40-something-year-old guy from Jersey. Goes That's by so meow, meow. cringy, dude. Yeah, Meow Meow. But why do, <laughs> why do Jersey people do that? Like they On the Jersey Shore, nicknames. it's like the situation. Yeah, and then nicknames. J-Wow and Snooky. Like, w- what is that? Why? Uh, Enzo's a cool name, too. It's Italian as fuck. He's Italian as fuck. It's like, I would totally well, be Enzo. And then you go with Meow Meow? Meow Meow. Yep. All right. Meow Continue. Meow. He won the HOH. And uh, he nominated Kesar. Kesar was up uh, last week with Janelle because they were like, you know, ride or die together. He nominated Kesar and Kevin. He told Kevin he's a pawn, which means, you know, you're just, I have to put up two people. You're not one of the ones I'm going for. I'm going for Kesar. So, um, and we all knew if Kesar loses, he'll have, he'll be out. He has no votes. He only had one person really backing him. He's a, you know, he's a, he's a free agent is what they'd say. He's got no one to go for. So he's out there just trying to talk to people. You know, he's um. He's trying to convince people that if you keep me here, I have no alliances or allies in this game at all. I will completely work with you. I'll vote however you want me to vote. I'll be your extra vote. You know, I'll be your body to play for. And uh, so, anyways, we get to the power of veto, and uh, that's where the two nominees try to veto the not the. They, they they try to veto the nominations by winning this competition. So it was an endurance competition called the Puppet Master where they had to put their feet in uh they were suspended in air with their feet in uh on strings and they're holding on and it was like they were uh what's it called a mayor marionette. Marionette, yeah. So they're getting pulled all these different ways and uh so it's an endurance cop just to see how long you can hold up and hold your balance. 
And uh, anyways, Kevin wins. He was one of the nominees. So he takes himself off, obviously. And Enzo now has to pick a replacement. And instead of making a big move and backdooring, because that's when you can backdoor someone and blindside them, instead of making a big move like he talked about all week, he puts up another pawn, uh, this lady named Christmas. And it was just a fucking waste of Is that her God-given name? that's That's her name, and her son's name's Loyal. I don't know, man. And she wears hats that say loyal, and her name's Christmas. And she's really cool, though. I like she's Christmas. She's a stripper? No, she's actually like a fitness instructor, and like has the her own fit- like... Yeah, okay. <laughs> she's a stripper. <laughs> well, maybe at one point. I mean, she's like really fit, obviously, but she's really cool. She's really nice. She accidentally put her stripper name down on the form <laughs> instead of her real it. name. <laughs> yeah, real name's Let's like Let's not Denise. lie here. So, uh... And yeah, I, I just don't get why they were so... Sc- Everyone's dead set on getting out Kesar. And he literally has no one else in this game. He's a sitting duck. They should have taken out a big player and just blindsided him. And just, you know, you can keep Kaser there. He's not going to hurt anybody. He doesn't have any votes to help him out. So uh, it was a weak HOH. You know, instead of taking out a big player, for example, Danny or Ian, he bitches out. He wanted to get – Enzo was quoted as saying, I want to be drenched in blood during my HOH. I want to get so dirty. And he wasted it. It was essentially, you know, just a big waste. He didn't get out a big player. But anyways, the votes are going down tonight, so it's either going to be uh, it's not going to be Christmas. She's a pawn. Everybody likes Christmas, so it's going to be Kaser going out. And, uh, and that's true, both in Big Brother and in life. Everybody loves Christmas, except for postal workers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. But anyway, so votes are going down tonight. Well, me and my wife will watch it tonight, and they'll probably find out who's the new HOH because it's like a quick turnaround. As soon as someone's voted out, there has to be a new HOH to make new nominations, and it just a cycle just repeats. Okay. And you just grind your way down to, to two. Next season, I'm going to be in it with you. You've yeah. convinced me. So I'll, I'll, you'll be in the group chat with me, Ryan, and Ben. I'll have talk. something to contribute other than stupid, smart-ass comments during hey, the segment. That's how you learn. That's how I learn. Just but you, I think you, you, know, you convinced me last week there's enough – uh, there's enough interest there for me to pick it up and, you know. And it's not just people always talking, which they do talk game, but there's a lot of competitions. And the competitions are always different. They're always, like, themed. It's huge production value. So man. it's like Survivor mixed with, like, yeah, a, like, really road is. rule or, like, a real-world, like, challenge. That's a great way to describe it. Okay. Yeah. All right. Because it's the competitions like them, but it's like the mental game, like, Survivor. Well, Survivor also has those, but. Yeah, it's it's that's a great way to describe it. Survivor meets like road world, road rules, real world challenge. Okay, all right, all right, I'm in. And uh, with that, that's going to take us to our sports segment. Um, uh, we're going to cover some sports here for a little bit, and I've held off on this topic and this sport because um, I know it's not the most popular, but. F- For those of you who don't know me, I am a big soccer guy. I played soccer growing up. I played in high school. I played club. I played a little bit of college soccer. Soccer is probably 1B for me right behind football. Um, And the only reason I bring this story up is because it involves the uh, debatable, arguable best player in the world, best player in history, Lionel Messi, and his saga with Barcelona. Um, He's he's been with Barcelona – for uh since 2001 he was 13 years old he left argentina he signed with barcelona for uh back in 2001 um and he wants out barcelona go ahead he he wasn't starting at that point he was like in their juniors club or something yeah he was in their academy and i okay. think okay i was going to say he's been a pro for like 19 I years i think he made his debut at 16 jeez that's still a long time Seven, 15 16 17 somewhere in there wow, that's um, impressive I mean, he's the best in the world. 
Um, the only thing holding him back from not being the best player of all time unanimously, unanimously is he doesn't have a World Cup title. Um, and that's just because Argentina's cycle uh, pool player uh, player pool, excuse me, didn't line up with him and, you know, his prime. Um, you know, it, it's a lot of him having to carry an entire nation, an entire team on his back. And that was a good example last World Cup and the World Cup before that. Um, Could the same be said for Ronaldo, though, from Portugal? But Ronaldo has um, – I believe he has a title under his belt. I think he they won a Euro title. Oh, okay. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he hadn't won a World Cup. Yeah, um, I guess that's what I was thinking is World Cup level. But it's so hard when you get to that level because uh, when you're from Portugal, who has a storied history and they they have good squads, they're just not your elite. They're not Brazil. They're not Germany. Um, uh, but, I mean, Messi and Ronaldo are – arguably the best in the world best of all time and for a lot of years there up until three years ago two three years ago they were in the same league playing again they were rivals playing rival clubs is you know you had barcelona and real madrid uh, barcelona and messi and they had you know their tiki taka style where they would it was they called it death by a thousand passes they would just pass you to death and then one small opening boom they're on goal it would be you know all these short little short little intricate passes and then it would messy it would be messy opening it up and finding a finding a forward making a run or it was messy dribbling four or five players and then you know shooting or or giving an assist and then you had real madrid and you know you had players like beckham kaka uh benzema kareem benzema um and so those two would just battle it out for the la liga title every year um but it seems like it's coming – his days at Barcelona are coming to an end. In his contract, he has an $830 million buyout clause. That's almost as much as as uh, Cheerios yeah. sells in a year. Yeah. Golly. So just to get the rights to sign Messi, you'd have to pay $830 million. That's not including his Signing. reported $120 million per year contract. Now, to put that in perspective – Patrick Mahomes just signed a deal for $40 million per year, and people go nuts. <laughs> people, you cannot fathom the money that is in club soccer yeah, around I, the I world. Yeah, I made you repeat the numbers when you first said It's $120 <laughs> million per year. It'd be a five-year deal. Now, what's interesting is Manchester City offers them a five-year deal. Three of those would be at Man City, where he would be reunited with Pep Guardiola, who he played for uh, at Barcelona, and they he they won Champions League and La Liga titles and broke records together. And the last two years of the contract would be at NYCFC, who is owned by Manchester City, the City Football Group. So three years at Man City in England, and then he would come over and play two years in the in MLS. You think they would do that just to like get interest in MLS? Like, why would you take one of the best players away from your team? Because at that point, he's going to be thirty seven. Um, he's gonna be thirty six. I mean, LeBron's, LeBron's thirty seven. He's gonna be thirty six, thirty seven. So, for me, that's that's huge. The only f- problem is he's got to go to NYCFC, who play their games in Yankee Stadium, and the pitch is narrow. It's it's way more narrow than uh, I think it's like ten yards more narrow on each side because they can do that. They've got to fit it in. It's on the it's on the it's right on the. Sp- 
the the small scale of where the minimum scale of where you can have a have your dimensions. Oh, I didn't know there was. Now most teams want the field wide, so you can you can get wide. You can space you it. can space yeah. it out. You can you can pull you know you can pull people out wide, and and that creates you know lanes in the middle of the pitch. Um, but that's just that's really interesting that I would be able to see Leo Messi play. A game, for instance, oh, in yeah. Frisco. Coming SC, yeah, coming to Dallas, you know, Frisco. Hell yeah. It, it'd be a boom Stop for the league. Jersey it, Mikes. It, it would, I'm there. Jersey Mikes. Uh, it would be bigger than Beckham. It would be bigger than name anybody. And and Beckham was huge for the league. It would be bigger than anybody that ever came. And and, and NYCFC has had big players. They had um, – uh, they had Frank Lampard for a couple of years. And I know I'm going to say some names and, and people aren't going to know. Um, that David Villa, who is a, he's a World Cup winner with Spain. He's a uh, Euro winner with Spain. Um, they, he played for NYCFC. Um, you know, Kaká played for um, Orlando City. Um, now uh, Nani is down there in Orlando City. It, it would be – name anybody. It would be the biggest move in MLS history. Wow. And – it's just exciting that he may he may uh he may end up in MLS, you know, 3 years down the road. Um but yesterday Messi's father flew to Barcelona to to hold talks with um the Barcelona execs and he was quoted as saying my son doesn't want to stay here. So Was he just didn't they didn't they get blown out in the uh yeah, Bayern, Champions League. Yeah, like uh, embarrassing. Bayern Munich beat them 8-2. That's and it, and the writing's kind of been on the wall for Barcelona. They've had problems in the front office. They've had problems on the board. Their president, you know, people are losing faith in him. Um, you know, and that just leaves about two clubs in the entire world that can afford him. It's Man City and it's PSG, Paris Saint-Germain. And they play in France. And they've got stars like Neymar. They've got Kylian Mbappe, who is one of the – brightest young stars in the game he just won the world cup he was a key figure in france's he was a key figure in france's world cup uh victory in uh 2018 world cup um so that only about two clubs have have the pot have the the bankroll 820 million just to get his rights yeah then you got to pay him 120 per year they're talking about a billion plus like closer to 1.5 billion dollar investment over like five years and i saw a breakdown of like Per day, per hour, per minute, the dude's earning like if he gets this new contract, he would earn something crazy like fourteen hundred dollars per second. Bezos makes over two grand per second, so he'd be an elite company. Yeah, or it may not be that, but um, but yeah, so you know, we could in in five ten years ago, if you would have told me that Leo Messi was going to play on anybody and play on any other team other than Barcelona, I would have called you crazy. Because it just seemed like he was going to be one of those rare guys in modern sports who signed with a club, and he wrote it out, and that was his club. And there's talks from his original club, uh, Newell's Old Boys in Argentina, the club that he started at until he was 13 in their youth program. They want him to come back. Um, they want him to come back and, and finish out his career there. But really, he got he got so much shit from the country of Argentina for not winning the World Cup and all these World Cup failures and all these Copa America failures. I I just don't think Leo wants to go back, you know, because he doesn't feel appreciated. He he at one point he retired from international competition because he was just tired of the criticism. You know, he he carried the entire nation. Yeah, I would say at, being asked to carry an entire nation gotta hurt your back. Yeah, it's like you know Cleveland or uh, 
LeBron winning that, that title for Cleveland, he put the whole city on his bags. That city collectively hadn't won a title since like 54 when the Indians won it or something. And, and, uh, and Argentina here recently have not put good teams around him. Yeah, it's not his fault. They haven't put good teams around him, and he's he's had to do the majority of the work. And so I just don't see him. I think I give it a point one percent chance of him going back to Argentina. He'll probably end up at City, back with Guardiola, um, and it'll be wild to see Leo Messi play in the Premier League. Yeah, I'd watch those on Saturday mornings. It's gonna be wild. Um, but I spent way too much time on soccer. Um, I hope people are still with us. Um, so today the Cowboys cut Haha Clinton Dix and. Immediately, the Twitter roar blew up and said, "Hey, doors open for Earl Thomas now." Um, yep. I just don't, you know, when I when he when I first te- we texted about it today, and I said, "Yeah, probably give him a veteran minimum, low risk, high reward." But I just don't think so. But because the, the, there's a the more I thought about it, the fact that two premier franchises in the league got rid of them with Super Bowl aspirations with Super Bowl aspirations yeah. they got rid of them and the fact that he's been cut for this long and has no offers that speaks volumes uh, so yeah. he's had a weird off season too didn't he having a threesome with I don't think it was a threesome I think his brother was there well right? I think he was with a chick and his brother was with a chick Okay. So, but they were in the still, same room. That's, yeah, still I'm fucking not, weird. That's super weird. That's super weird. Like, I don't... What are you, conversating with your brother during all this? Like, Eiffel, ta- Eiffel Tower? I don't... Uh, dude, man. I don't know, man. And then his wife shows up waving a gun, and then he Rightly punches so. a teammate. You know, yeah, I just... team, it's like, yeah. Like, I get the talent, and but I think, I think our locker room right now with the new coach, new coaching system, really, like, everyone's new except Kellen Moore... I think they feel like a, a a fresh like wave coming on, like you know they're riding that high, and and we've brought in some dysfunctional guys. You know, Everson, Everson Griffin was out of the league with like mental problems. Yeah, mental. Alden Smith was like, didn't he threaten to have a bomb at an airport? Like we got some, guys, that, yeah. and they've reformed themselves. I'm not trying to bring up their past and drudge them, but because I think they've you know they're repairing their image and they're playing as hard as they can and doing their best. But I just, I don't know if I want to bring in Earl Thomas. I get why he's such a good piece, but. Like you said, no one else is giving him offers. I that don't says something. I don't think Jerry's gonna be able to help himself. He's not. And look, Steven, and if, hopefully, fucking. Well, if we do it this way, if we do it, if we do it at the minimum, minimum, veteran minimum, minimum, yeah. minimum. You hate abbreviations though, or is that more of like a that's mashup? A combo, yeah. Or is that like a mashup? That's okay, that's accept- okay. If we do veterans minimum, and you give him the shortest lease possible. There is, I do, I think I do have a point that it's low risk, high reward. If he does come here and he does behave, my God, we've just added a top five safety on top of this defense. Yeah, that's already getting rev- you know good reviews coming out of camp. Um, if you could promise me he'd be on a short lease and actually held responsible for shit, I think McCarthy. I think that would be McCarthy's stipulation. I'm like, all right, Jerry, that. like I'm doing it your way, but if if he comes in here and he starts messing this up, he's gone. Creating ways because you know he. I mean, they he cut Clinton Dix, and that was his guy in Green Bay, wasn't he? A first round pick for them, first or second, but he got outplayed. I told you last week, and it continued this week that he was just he was not good. He was getting, getting outplayed, outplayed by, by Darian Woods. Darian Thompson. Darian Thompson. What? And you're thinking about who that is, and that should tell you something. Yeah, because I'm thinking who. It's not the guy from A um, and M. No, Darian Thompson's kind of been a journeyman. Oh fuck, that ain't good. Um. But he got outplayed by him. Xavier Woods has got his spot. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got his spot. We're we're trying to pair up next. And then time. we uh we're we're also shouldn't have let Heath go, man. We're also toying with the notion of playing um the the cat from Tulsa that we drafted. Just drafted. I heard Cheeto could get moved over there too. There's been talks of moving them back to safety, but if we could add Earl Thomas and he's here and he's on his best behavior, I know that's a lot of ifs. Scary roster. It's, that's a great roster on paper. Yeah. But we always seem to have a good roster on paper. That's why I think this year's different with the new coaching staff. I think we've been handcuffed for a decade. Ah, fuck yeah. By a coach. Even before that, Wade Phillips. Great roster. But Cake, Wade Camp, but, Camp, Camp Cupcake. But Jerry Jones did Wade Phillips no favors because when he when he brought when he brought he when he brought Wade in, he already had Garrett there. And Garrett yeah. it almost with it was almost said without saying it, this is my next guy. You're just you're a placeholder. Yeah. So I think that handcuffed Wade and I don't think Wade But he was didn't a, hold the players accountable no, either. No, and I don't think Wade was a good head coach and we've seen what he can do as, He's a, great as a coordinator. coordinator. Yeah, great coordinator. But the whole Garrett Jerry thing, that it's didn't help out fest. that didn't God. help out either. Um I, that's why I'm actually glad we didn't make the playoffs. I think maybe we could have won a game last year in the playoffs, but we weren't gonna win the title. And if that's what it took to get Garrett out Great. Let the let the Eagles have it that year, and let's start all over. And we got CD Lamb with that draft pick. So. That's right. That's no right. Garrett and add CD. Fuck yeah. Uh, Leonard Fournette was cut by the uh, by the Jags. Um, that uh, they already declined his fifth year option. So yeah, it was kind of like just wait and see what happens. I thought maybe they'd give him this year to you know maybe try to trade him. Fuck, I would have tried to trade him if I could. So he signed with Tampa Bay, and that. Made me question: Are they are they building a super team? Because now you've got Brady, you've got Gronk. You know what happened the last time a team claimed to be the dream team, the super team was Philly when they after they re-signed like they had Vic and Vince Young on the roster yeah. and all this shit, and that yeah. didn't work out for them. But, but Vic, Vic ain't Tom Brady. Um, yeah, but Vic could throw the ball thirty yards and scramble. <laughs> I'm just not as big as I get. Tom Brady's won five Super Bowls or six Super Bowls. I get, but. I mean, fucking age is undefeated. Yeah, it is. Or what is it? Father time. Father undefeated. time undefeated. You know, and he's still great, but or he's still good. He's not great, and the weapons they got are, are excellent around but them. The, but there's a lot of there, now. There's a lot coming out after now that he's gone out of New England. There's a lot coming out that he wasn't happy in New England for like the last three or four years. He wasn't respected. Him and him and him and well, that's a claim his wife made, which I don't. Him and Belichick didn't get along. Belichick wanted them gone. Anybody gets along with Belichick. Belichick wanted them gone. Um, and Bobby Kraft kept him there. You know, he's probably got he probably got that post come, you know, enlightenment and you know from getting his tuggies and and part and. In massage parlors and on a sh- <laughs> random strip in Florida, uh, and, and you know story. that story went away too, didn't it? Well, of course it did. Billy of course it did. Getting a tug and a sexual where they or sexual or sexual trafficking women and yeah, that shit's gone from the headlines. But anyways, but he was you know there's now all that stuff's coming out. I I, I do think. I think they'll make the playoffs because there yeah. is going to be an extra playoff team this year. It's a good division, though. They got to get a good past division. the Saints. Yeah, um, Carolina's not going to do anything. Atlanta's Carolina, not gonna Atlanta's do not. But Saints, that's uh, you got to watch out for. We're going to play them twice. But you've got um, they got weapons, but I couldn't tell you a single lineman, and I couldn't tell you Tristan Wirfs. They just drafted Tristan Wirfs. Okay, so they got a rookie. Is that the guy from that's like. 
beast of a human. And they showed him jumping out of the pool. Like he was in the pool and they showed yeah, him that, jumping. Which is way, like I've, I, I couldn't do He's it. He's like 6'7", like 300 pounds. He runs like a 4'7". Okay, like, so they got a beast of a man on the yeah. line, and he's going to have to protect his blind side. But, you know, and I know they have Levante David, still a good player at linebacker, but I just don't know much of their – and again, I'm not a Tampa Bay fan. I'm not a NFC South fan, so I don't, like, scout these other teams. But great weapons, don't get me wrong. They got solid receivers, great tight end. They got, you know, Ronald Jones was their running back. He's still a good running back. They got two good running backs. But we'll see. I, I really hope Tom Brady just, like, his arm falls off. And it, and it might. It might. And he drinks his guacamole juice or whatever the fuck he drinks to say. His TB12 health. His TB12, yeah, to get him back out there. But it's a good thing, you know, Leonard Fournette is signing the short-term deal because the 2021 running back free agent market is absolutely stacked. Let me just run through some names Jeez. of who is going to be available in 2021. And this will make you mad considering the deal that we gave Zeke. I'm so already li- mad. So listen to these names. Leonard Fournette, Dalvin Cook, Aaron Jones, James Conner, Matt Breida, uh, Chris uh, in Seattle. Chris Carson. Chris Carson, Alvin Kamara, Philip Lindsay, Marlon Mack, Kenyon Drake, Todd Gurley, Kareem Hunt, and Tariq Cohen. All That's the 2021. Some of those guys near the end, you could pair them up for less than what we're paying so you can get fresh legs out there on every series. That is an insane... That's a great running back class, That's man. That's an insane running the free agent market next year. So you know, good thing, good, good for Leonard. You know, getting out of Jacksonville because that brings me to my next point. With this move and the Ngakwe move, the trade to to Minnesota, he took a seven million dollar pay cut to get out of Jacksonville. That's that's telling. Calais Campbell out, Fournette, probably some other other moves. I'm forgetting about the Jags are openly tanking for Trevor Lawrence. And they've made it apparent with this move and, you know, some other moves. I think there's going to be a few teams that might tank for them. If they lose, if they win four games, I'll be shocked. Agreed. Yeah. Because all you've got Set is, the over-under at three and a half, and I'd be tough to... You've got Minshew. And Minshew's good. That's all I was telling you earlier. If they start, like, two and two, or even, like, two and three, it's hard to just say we're going to tank the season because you got a young quarterback who's obviously connecting with his... Uh, with his receivers, and that guy was like a fucking sensation last year. You know, he's a very likable, marketable guy. I would hate to just say, oh, it's because we have a shot at someone else that we're going to tank this season and basically say your career is over or we're going to get rid of you or regulate you to a backup because he earned the right to at least give him a, a, a good or as good of a team as you can put around him just to see what he can do. Because I, 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 like, I really did like Minshew. Yeah, and who's the uh, who's the receiver they have? DJ Shark. Shark. Yeah. So uh, there's not much there. There's not much there. No. And this right. was a and they team... might not even have to tank to win three games. Yeah. They might try their best and win three games. And there was a there was a this is a team that three years ago was in the AFC Championship was beating New England was beating New England. Yep. And and in three two three years, I mean, it's just. <sighs> We forgot uh, Jalen Ramsey. So what this all started yeah. with trading trading Jalen Ramsey. Yeah. So yeah, once that piece fell, it uh, just all fell apart. But that's kind of been Jacksonville since they. I remember didn't they have Mark Brunel Mark like, when they first came? And they made a championship. They game made a then, championship game, yeah. and it was like, oh, they're pretty fucking good. And then twenty five years later, they haven't. Which you know, look at us, Cowboy fans. <laughs> twenty five years later, we haven't been to a NFC championship game. So who are we? Well, making fun let's of? not talk about that. 
<laughs> Moving on to basketball. Uh, oh, a couple more things. Cowboys uh, kind of leaked, or it leaked through Everson Griffin's Twitter that they're going to wear navy Sunday night against the Rams. I cannot wait. Um, One week from Sunday. He, he kind of showed his jersey being prepped and ready to go, um, saying he couldn't wait. You know, And that's probably a big moment for him. He was a Cowboys fan growing up. Um, getting to see your name on the back of a Cowboys jersey is probably a big deal. And then um, did you, I want to talk about, uh, did you hear Kirk Cousins' uh, comments about COVID? He yeah. took a very Ivan Drago, uh, <laughs> if I die, if I, die, if I, I die, die, I die. Not if he dies, if I die. You know, but he. I think he <laughs> nailed it. You know, he said he's not personally worried about it, but he does wear a mask for out of respect and for other people. You know, he goes, I'm not worried about it. I'm not, I'm living my life. You know, if I, if I get it, if me and my family get it, we're healthy and we'll get through it. And he goes, if I die, I die. But I'm not, you know, I'm not changing my life. He also has probably excellent healthcare coverage he to does. his NFL yeah, team. So not everyone can and have tons that of money. Same. Yeah. No exactly. one else can have that stance like, well, because, you know, maybe I can't afford this doctor bill if we get it. So that's a very like privileged thing to say. But he does, but he did say that, hey, I do wear a mask when I'm out in public because out of respect for others. That's what he said. I could say I got a 12-inch dick. <laughs> doesn't mean I'm going to... But we both know that's not true. We both know that ain't true. But I just thought it was very... Wait, why very, do you know that ain't true? <laughs> I could just tell. <laughs> you checking out my impression? You're not a 12-inch. You're no, not I'm a 12-inch guy. Not, you don't no. have that swagger. No, um, I, I would I would probably show you if I had to. I'd just be so proud I'd have to show you. At one of the drafts, at one of the fantasy drafts, it would have come out. Or at least the topic would have been brought up. But it, I thought it was just funny that he had a very Ivan Drago yeah. stance on the whole COVID-19 and situation. And I on the radio. They were like, you know, what if one of his linemen had, like, his grandma die? And yeah. They're like, you know, is he going to block as hard for Kurt as as he should? Exactly. You know, the stance he took. So exactly. it's just a weird thing to make public. I mean, I get, you know, I want to, you know, it's your choice to make. I'm glad he says he wears it in public because I wear mine when I'm at work. I mean, when I go anywhere. We're not wearing them right now. but So, uh, real quick, we're going to move into the NBA matchups. Get you caught up on a little NBA. Um, say a quick goodbye to the Mavs. They put up a good fight. It really was. That was, uh, that was noble, considering you had – I heard somewhere because they said in the playoffs, KP and Luka played in the fourth quarter a combined four minutes together. Yeah. So And then KP only played like a game and a half. And it just gives you, you know, a little glimpse into the future and what Luke is going to be. You know, all that crap with Marcus Morris. And he, Marcus Morris is just upset that Luca was better at 16 than he is now. You oh, know? he'll never be he'll as good never, as Luca. Even in his prime, he wasn't as good at Luca at 16. And, you know, he just – he fought and he fought and he just didn't have the help. Um, and with a team like us who lives with the long, with the deep ball and, the, and lives, they we, live by the shot and they die kind of die by, by it. guys getting hot. If, yeah. if no one's a hot tonight, you know, we're, we're done. Cause we don't, it's kind of like Houston. They live by the three point shot and they live by streaky players. So, you know, Mavs put up a good fight. It's going to be, yeah, it was, it was really going to be exciting, fight. um, going forward. Um, the future is bright, you know, and if, and we'll get to the bucks here in a second, but you know, if the bucks, Oh, I hope they lose. If they lose, you know, now there's these rumblings coming out of maybe Giannis coming to Dallas and pairing up with Luka and KP, and that makes my sports panties wet. Shout out yeah. to Nick. Um, <laughs> but that that makes that make that would make me very happy. And like I, we talked about last last show, I think Luka is going to be one of those dudes who's going to be able to recruit because not not only is he a great player, 
I think I think other dudes think he's cool. Like he's fashionable. You know, he's funny. You hear him mic'd up. He, he's he funny. plays with the love of the game. He too. plays with a lot of heart. Big smile on his face he's, all the time. And which he's I just really he's like. good. Yes, yeah. very good. On top of that, he's a generational talent. Yeah, he's going to be the face, one of the faces of the NBA. He's already the face of international NBA, I think. Like, um, well, which, I guess Giannis could be too, but he's he's fucking he turned twenty one this year, man. It's it's going to be insane. So if Gian, we're on, we're officially on Giannis watch on Dad Lab Pod, yep. officially. Um, that would just be awesome if that came true. Um, but uh, come true. in the Western Conference, uh, your matchups are the LA Clippers and the Nuggets. Yeah, that one's going right now. And then might you, be over actually. But you've got the Lakers and Rockets, which the Lakers should sweep the Rockets because at worst win four to one because the Harden Westbrook experiment. Well, you, yeah, that and you're gonna have AD, arguably the best big man in the game. I don't think it's an argument. I think he is the best big man. Their center's like PJ Tucker. He's like six seven. Yeah, you're gonna have this guy He's with a wingspan of, of like six foot, like a six, a seven foot seven wingspan up against a guy like Luca. Yeah, yeah. who's a little bit bigger. You know, PJ Tucker's more a filled out guy, but and that 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 uh, matchup right there is a nightmare for him. And LeBron would be the I think LeBron's six eight. LeBron would be the biggest guy in the Houston, yeah. and they can beat you inside and outside post game. You know. Baseline jumpers at the elbow, they can just beat you in so many. So ways. it's looking like the NBA is going to NBA is going to get what it wants and get get a uh, an all LA Western Conference Finals uh, over in the East. You've got Boston and the defending champion Toronto Raptors, and uh, currently Boston's up two one in that series. Yeah, they needed Toronto needed a game winning shot at the buzzer, yeah. like miracle shot to even win tonight. So if you've been watching the series, you know Boston's been handling them pretty. But handedly. I've been impressed with Toronto. You know, losing losing Kawhi. They still have good players. You know, losing Kawhi. They lost the Terminator, but they still have good players. Like I think if we played them, you know, that would be like a game seven. You know, pick be a slugfest. Yeah. So there's there's still a good team, but they literally lost a top five player. And then speaking of Giannis, uh, you've got the Bucks and the Miami Heat over on the uh, the other matchup, and it's currently two nothing Miami, which is shocking. Mm-hmm. But they've got that cat. I forget his name. Uh, Jimmy Buckets. Him? No, he's the white. Bam Adebayo. No, he's the white Warren dude. Dragage. No. Tyler Hero. No. He, what he, white guy are we talking about? What team? Miami. He. I read a story that he went from Kelly Olynyk. No. No. Hold on. Keep talking. I'm gonna do There's only research. so many white guys on the but Miami. But no, I read, I read a story, and he was he had no offers coming out of high school. He went D three and then D one at Michigan, and then now he's in the NBA. Well, now I'm curious. Well, Pull up that Miami roster. Keep talking. Well, I had steak earlier. Has mentioned it was delicious. I'm trying. Well, they got a they got a good trio. They got Jay Crowder. He's black. I don't know, man. Tyler, you sure it's not Tyler Hero? It may be. I don't know. Uh, anyway, uh, Miami's surprisingly up 2-0 in that series. Um, so let's go Miami, something I never yeah. thought I'd say. Yeah, so, no shit. Strictly for the fact of maybe possibly 1%, 2 3% chance of getting Giannis here. Um, but, yeah, NBA NBA's coming down. Really uh, good matchups, too. This is This is a good Final Four. The, you know, the NBA would love to see, uh, I think, Boston versus L.A. Lakers just to have that nostalgia. But, I mean, I would like to see the Clippers. I'd like to see Denver because Denver's got really good pieces. I love Jokic. is one of my favorite players in the league. And Jamal Murray had, like, multiple 50-point games in that first round. He had a shitty game seven. Jamal he, Murray really wanted him to have a great game seven, and he just didn't. Jamal Murray and the other dude, they combined for, like, 
something crazy like 597 uh, Donovan, Donovan Mitchell. The, they combined. They, well, what was wild too is um, they each had multiple 50-point games, and they said in the history of the NBA before this, it only happened twice. Obviously, one was Jordan, and I can't remember the other one, but it might have been someone from years past. But just how rare it is to have a 50-point like playoff game, and both these guys had like multiple in one series. I mean, they were just trading blows. That's why that Game 7 was so hyped up. Every every time they cut to commercial, they would show you like the updated stats of Donovan Mitchell and Jamal Murray, and they had decent games. Well, actually, I shouldn't say that Jamal Murray went like six for twenty from the field, and they ESPN wanted that matchup so badly that they focused on those two. They didn't focus on the big man matchup of Gobert and Jokic, which both those guys played their hearts out and carried their teams for stretches. Uh, but I think Jokic is the number two big man in the league, only behind AD, because he's one of the only guys, other than AD, actually, that can get a rebound, bring it up court, and either pop, stop and pop for a three, or hold it and find that outlet, or find a quick pass to like a cutting guy to the bucket. And he's a great passer, he's a great blocker, he's a great shooter. He doesn't complain much to rest, which I like. It's one thing I hate about Luca is all the complaining. You know, he'll he'll he's like he's like almost like a Kawhi in that way where he'll just get his explanation and he's okay. He's okay. Put his mouth, take mouth guard back in and go play. But, um, okay. So Jokic. I'm not, I'm not crazy. His name is Duncan Robinson. Oh, fuck. Yeah. He he's had a three point, three points. Yeah. He's a sharpshooter. Yeah. Um, he had no offers out of high school. He said I was a terrible basketball player in high school. Hey, me too. He played division three for Williams college. And then he went to Michigan for one year and, he got good in college then to go to Michigan. Michigan's got a good program. Yeah, and he was in the G League for Miami, and he and Spolstra said that he basically broke all his shooting records. Yeah. And he kind of really struggled, He but he was struggling with his confidence, and uh, but he's he's come up big for Miami in the last two games. So I knew I wasn't crazy. I knew it was a dude on uh, Miami, and I knew I mean, it wasn't Hero. I'm impressed I, that I named three white guys from Miami with Olenek, Hero, and – Dragage. I mean, I was really running bone dry because obviously I don't, <laughs> you know, I don't watch many Miami games less than the playoffs. So I knew I wasn't Mavericks. crazy. I knew it wasn't crazy. Yeah, and I've definitely heard of that guy. You're right, sharpshooter. Yeah, he's six seven, six eight, somewhere in there. He's just not quite, um, not quite old boy. Like Redick or Corver. Corver. Yeah, he's not quite Corver. I think Corver's a little. He's got a little bit more game or had a little bit more game to him. But uh, JJ Redick though too, man. Those guys. Just been sharpshooters for what a fifteen-year NBA career. Well, retire with a hundred plus million. Well, and Reddick, Reddick, he, he he made playoffs every year of his Except career. This year. And he told he told uh, Zion, Zion, hey, don't he's, don't, don't this f up. this up for me. <laughs> and, and they did. fucked it up in the bubble, man. They they even made that rule where if the nine seed was within four, ga- I think it was four games of the they eight trying, seed, they would have they play. were dying yeah, to get Zion. That was, in. A, that was a play to get Zion in the playoffs, and they just and shit you're telling the bed. you're telling me that the NBA isn't rigged. I just listened to that episode of Swindled. Uh, they had a, they had old boy, uh, Tim oh, Donahue. Donahue. Yeah, I just listened to that episode. That's the NBA is so dirty. But anyway, that was the NBA. Where uh, it's coming down, uh, it's coming down to the end. We got some good mashup matchups. Our Mavs put up a good fight, but you know it wasn't enough um, without you know KP. But uh, just get yeah. healthy. Just get healthy, KP. Let's get healthy and and, and Luca work on your free throws. Work on free throws. And let's toughen up. Yeah, let's get some. Let's get Bite our own tongue. goons. Let's get our own goons to fucking punch Marcus Morris in the face next time we see him. You know, and a lot of people said that's you know a team, our team needs a little bit of this. They really do. We're as good as we are. I think our hardest player might be Maxi Kleba, and that's because he just doesn't give a shit. Yeah, 
which I love that about yeah, me him. Too. But we we don't have that guy that's like like on the Clippers, man. I'm I'd be scared of Montrose well, Harold, Patrick Beverly. We don't Marcus have a Stevenson. Morris, yeah, Sean Stevenson. Are you we, talking about when we championship run? Yeah, yeah I love Deshaun Stevenson. We need a Leroy somebody to go in there to Leroy Jenkins. Yeah. Some, and Shit. someone that's not afraid of getting a double technical, flagrant, whatever, and being out a game or two, you know? Because yeah. you're not going to be our best player. Sacrifice for the and, team. Yeah, make a sacrifice. And I don't want to say too dirty. I'm not talking about, like, fucking breaking ankles, but, you know. <laughs> Malice in the palace. <laughs> yeah, let's get Ron Artest. I don't want Metal World Peace. I want Ron Artest on my team. <laughs> All right. So that was a little bit of NBA catch-up, and that takes us to what are we watching uh, this is a, again. This is a segment where we kind of go over anything we've watched in the past week, anything cool, movies, TV shows, documentaries, anything like that. For me, I found a six-part, uh, six-part true crime series randomly. I was in a YouTube black hole. You know, you click one thing and you click on the side where it's like related videos, and somehow I ended up on the true crime side of YouTube, and it was called "No One Saw a Thing." It was originally aired on Sundance. Um, somebody dubbed it and d- did computer magic and put it on YouTube. Um, it was about a town ta- about a town in Missouri called Skidmore, Missouri. Sounds like a shitty place to grow up. Well, when I tell you about it, it sounds like something out of a fucking Stephen King novel. Oh, fuck. So it's a town of about four hundred and eighty nine people, four hundred five hundred people. Really small town, salt of the earth people. Um, and the first episode, it centers around this guy named Ken Rex McElroy. And he was kind of, he was a bully. He was a town bully. Um, he started dating a 13 year old girl while he was married. He was like picking her up from school. Yeah, from fucking junior high. He was picking her up from school. She was taking rides in his truck. Um, and they started a relationship. Well, a couple of years into it, she got jealous because he was spending too much time with his wife. <laughs> and so she filed charges against him to oh. uh, for, for, rape, rape. for rape. And what did he do? He took her across state lines to Kansas, married her at 16. Because apparently you can do that in Kansas. Took her back to Missouri so she wouldn't be able to testify because spouses can't be forced to testify. Man, he's so, a little pervert. And then... He uh he moved her in with his wife. Yeah, her name was Tanya or Tanya or Tammy or something. And they all kind of lived as one big happy family. Uh, and he kind of just terrorized the town in other ways. He shot two people, killed one of them, shot another dude, wounded him, and got what, off on both. When what time period was this? This was in eighty late seventies or he uh. Late seventies, early eighties. Okay. So the townspeople got sick of it and they called a meeting. And him and his wife happened to pull up outside of the bar where they were having this meeting. And he walks in, they told him to get the hell out, and so when they walk back out to the truck, about f- there's about forty or fifty people there at the meeting. So they walk all every all forty or fifty people walked out, surrounded the truck. And they ended up shooting and murdering him. They blew the back of his head off with her in the car, with her in the truck. So they start investigating it, and no, no one, one saw, saw a thing. thing. <laughs> nice. And so, at first, the first episode, I thought it was just going to be about Ken Rex McElroy, his death, and how no, this whole town swore to secrecy. 
Well, then it turns up, come to find out the rest of this episode, the rest of this series is really about the town of Skidmore. And after, and this, and McElroy, they killed McElroy in 81. And, uh, in the subsequent years after that, there was, there's been like five murders unsolved. There was one that was solved. So there's four unsolved murders and one that was solved in a town of 500 people. Yeah, that's four a lot or 500 for, people. Like one and so it was kind countries. of this stigma of this town not saying a word and protecting their own and having kind of this vigilante justice view of how to take care of problems. And it went back in, in, in the history of Skidmore where in 1931, there was a black man who lived in town and anytime anything got started or anytime anything happened, they would go get him, bring him into town, throw him in jail. Well, a white school teacher got murdered. They went and got this guy on the way to court to be arraigned and charged, a mob, a vigilante mob, grabbed him, took him to the schoolhouse, cut a hole in the roof, hung him, threw him down inside the building, hung him, and then set the church on, or set the school on fire. So this is kind of setting up the story that Skidmore has this vigilante mentality. That's that's how they take care of business. And how nobody talks even going back to the recent murders like there was a there was a couple a young couple and there was this was in the 90s and the meth was rolling into Missouri and it was really bad and this uh they they talked about this couple and the the husband was just beating his wife i mean beating her senseless all the time black eyes makeup long sleeves the whole deal one day he gets he goes on a meth rage he got some bad meth he pulverized her she he broke every bone in her face pulverized her drug her out to the backyard a neighbor saw him drag her to the backyard and leave her she was gasping for her last breath he poured dawn dish soap down her throat to choke her the neighbor saw everything and didn't say a word this really is like something out of stephen king uh a 17 year old kid disappears walks out of his front door disappears he was going to he was working on a car he got he went to the shed to grab some jumper cables come back uh and never comes back excuse me five days later the kid never shows up five days later the jumper cables return to the house somebody had the kid then so he's still missing to this day they don't know what happened to him the one that did get solved, there was a lady that lived in Skidmore, and she bred uh, terrier dog, like rat terrier dogs. She was pregnant. She ended up having her baby cut out of her. What? <laughs> she ended up having her baby cut out of her. She died. Somebody stole the baby. So um, this was like in 2002, three, four. So they tracked through her website, her dog adoption website, they tracked down some conversations she had with the lady that was supposed to come meet her at her house to get a dog turns out the lady was crazy cut the baby cut the baby out went back to kansas where she was from they went to kansas you know and people were like well she was telling everybody she was pregnant and people would be like well you don't look pregnant she's like well yeah i just don't show very much you know i don't show very much and it's kind of a family deal my mom didn't show very much we're just kind of lucky that way turns out she had her husband believe in this and Feds knock on the door, find the baby, reunite the baby with the dad. And that was like the only one that got solved. But it was a really cool six-part documentary. It's called No One Saw a Thing. I 
caught it just in a YouTube black hole and I couldn't stop watching. Yeah, sounds like it. Uh, it was awesome. It sounds like once, right when one stops, you start the next. Yeah, and they have all six up, and it's something you would be into because uh, I know you're into true crime. Yeah. Um, what were you watching this week? Well, I don't know if I can follow that up. But, uh, for me, it was when, when we cut this last Thursday, as soon as we got done, when I got, you know, we all got worried about Chadwick Boseman yeah. dying. Unfortunately, you know, I had no idea he was sick. Nobody did. Any of us did, yeah, because they actually, you know, kept it from the press and they kept it private and let the man die in peace, which, you know, obviously fine with that. But, um, so when I was watching, I usually watch something on Saturday night and I watched 42 that I've never seen before. And it was, and he died on Jackie Robinson Day, too, which was wild. Yeah. And it was the like 57 year anniversary of uh, the I Have a Dream speech by Martin Luther King. So it was like all these, all these things, yeah, happened on that day. But, um, just watching that movie, for, it was a great baseball movie, but it was a really good like depiction of what it must have been like. Well, yeah, kind of have parallels now, but what it must have really been like, you know, just trying to play baseball in the '40s and breaking that color barrier and going to every new city, having that same experience every time, even on the team. But you know, there was players, his own players, like starting petitions trying to get on saying that you know that he can't play on this team. You had guards like standing at the game coming up to him with billy clubs telling him he's got to leave the field because this is i think that's when they were in either florida or georgia playing somewhere and the cop was like you know we still have segregation down here you can't play down here and his manager stands up for him and you know slowly like he wins the respect of his of his peers of his fellow players but it had to take years to get that respect back from the from the fans and uh to me the the I don't know the right adjective for it, but the scene that got me the most was um, when they were going to play in Cincinnati. And Cincinnati, Ohio, apparently is like probably really southern Ohio. And Kentucky's like, or Louisville, where Pee Wee Reese was from, was like northern Kentucky. And, uh, you know, he went and told the, the manager, or the owner, played by Harrison Ford. And Harrison Ford's really good in that movie, too, that he can't play this game. You know, he's got relatives that are going to be there, and he got a, he got a death threat in the mail. And the uh, owner walks over there and pulls out just three fat stacks, you know, saying that these are all the death threats that Jackie and his family got. And, of course, Jackie knows about them. And, you know, he still plays. And so they're at the game, and everyone's just giving them shit because Jackie's playing first. Pee Wee's at, at second or short. Maybe short. And they're all giving them shit. And there's that little boy in the stands who's like his dad. And that, to me, was a pretty wild scene because the boy's just happy to be there. You know, he's just having a game at a game with his dad and then he just sees this black player come out and everyone just start giving this guy shit and the little boy's looking around doesn't know what's going on but he sees his dad yelling and all these other people yelling and he just starts yelling too it's you know to me that's how like racism can be taught because you see it from everyone around you you see that everyone you know if everyone around you has that same view well then maybe that's how i should think you know and it's just sad that he felt that way to just give this guy so much crap and then Wee walks over to to Jackie and puts his arm around him and he explains to him, he's got, you know, my family's in the stands right now and I just wanted to thank you. And Jackie's like, you know, why do you want to thank me? And tells him that, you know, he gets to show everybody the kind of person he is that, you know, this is what he believes in. And the, even the little boy kind of notices that. And, you know, he obviously stops yelling and has this humbling moment watching these two guys. And, and then the part that really like got to me and like, you know, gave me goosebumps or little, little, tear in the eye because I never realized that when they wear the number 42 I always assumed it was to honor Jackie Robinson 
and Pee Wee Reese, the way he put it is, you know, maybe one day we'll all wear 42 so no one can tell us apart. Yeah. And when I heard that line, I was like, holy shit. Like, I've been watching baseball my whole life, and I they've been doing this since, like, the 90s. Like, I never knew. I just I just thought it was a way to honor the man and pay tribute, and I never knew it was a way to be like, you know, there's no difference between us when we're on this field or really when we're in life. We're all humans from planet Earth, and the only difference is, you know, what team we're playing for or what state we live in, but, you know. The fact that no one could tell us apart because we're all going to wear the same jersey to, regardless of skin color just like really hit me hard and kind of made you think. Pee Wee Reese was played by Lucas Black. Yeah. Who was in Friday Night Who's Lights. He's made a good career and, for himself after yeah. after Tokyo Drift. The, that's the best Fast and the Furious if you ask me. Really? Dude, yeah. Well, because <laughs> oh, nice. like, just from the car. That's, that's your hot take of the week. <laughs> <laughs> no, just from the cars because like there's a lot of like rare like Japan, yeah. like JDM cars that we didn't get over here. And like that was my thing, like back in the day. Oh, it's still go. my that's thing. Like I like it. imports. Like that's why you drive that big ass Dodge Ram. Truck. Yeah, that's why I <laughs> drive a lifted truck. Uh, and I was gonna say I will be watching the Amazon series. The Boys is coming back season two. Oh starts yeah, Friday. Yeah, it looks good. Really good first season. It's like the anti, you know, hero. Like there's, I, don't, I think they call him like Mister America or something like that. And he's a fucking asshole. If you've seen the first season, and you. I don't know, it's just really interesting because it takes the good guys and they're actually the bad guys. And you got this vigilante who's actually the good guy trying to fight these guys. And, you know, rated TVMA, the violence, the gore, the language, the sex, like it's all there. It's just like the anti-superhero show that you would want to watch. Yeah. So if you're into anything like that and something like that would pique your interest, I'm sure you've heard of it. It's yeah, I've a, heard it's of it. It's a huge show. I've seen, the, I've seen the trailers and the previews. Yeah, I'm, so I'm going to be ready for probably watch. Oh, and then after 42, I watched Black Panther. Just to like pay ultimate yep, respect. Got to. Yeah, so I, that's and, what I watched there. And wasn't 42 kind of where he broke in? Like, wasn't that his first big role? I think so. It was 2013. Yeah. And I know he really broke in with like the first Avengers where he was he was in it, but that's because his dad died and his dad was Black Panther. Yeah. And it was setting up the role for him. So I think it was 42. Or, and then he got the role as Black Panther, which was, you know, he didn't get that movie until like 2018. Or maybe... Um, because he was in a football movie, too. Um, he was in a football movie before 42, so... Oh, was he the lead? Uh, he may... Let me see. Let me look it up. Um, I don't know if he was in... I don't know if he was the lead, but... Um, I, I want to say... He probably really, like, blew up... 42... Around 2013, and then to 2016 and 18 was just, like, huge years. No, it was 2008. It was uh, The oh. Express. It was the Ernie Davis story. Oh, shit. I think uh, he was the, the lead I think he played movie. Ernie Davis. Damn, so he's been in the game. No, no, he played Floyd Little. Oh, well. Um, and then and he had another movie called The Kill Hole, which... <laughs> that sounds dirty. Hey, oh. Uh, and then 42, and then he was in Draft Day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was the defensive end that should hit, finally got number one, got yeah. that number one money. He was Draft Day, and then he played in Get On Up. He was James Brown in James Get Brown. On Up. And then, yeah, Captain America Civil War. Draft Day, that's yeah, a 2016. guilty pleasure of mine. But you look, I mean, uh, I, his movie career was sh- kind of short, um, only 12 years. Um, but he's been in television. He was in All My Children, Third Watch, Law & Order, CSI at New York, so he, ER, he Cold paid Case. paid his dues, yeah. which you respect. Yeah, so he was on Justified. I forgot he was on Justified. Um, that was a really good show. I need to finish that. I remember me and my dad were into that. Yeah, it's good. Uh, I'm on season six. I need to pick it back up. How many are there? Six. six? Yeah, yeah. I figured it's yeah. probably nearly done. Yeah. Um. So what are you listening to? Uh, the new Glass Animals album came out. 
It's uh, really good. Really good. If you you just showed them to me or introduced them to me. They're really good. It's one of those. It's one of those. Well, albums, but bands really that if you have like a you, you said you had a good sound system in your truck. I don't. I have headphones, <laughs> and they're not even good headphones, but they're good. That way you catch everything. You know, there's yeah. so much going on in those songs. It's not just like a guy and acoustic guitar. There's a lot going on. I don't even know how to describe. It. I'm sure he has like a huge setup with a soundboard and everything, and it's just interesting. I mean, it's different. I, to me, that's. The 21st Century Dad Jams. Yeah, man. Like it's Kevin really good. Paula, Mac DeMarco, shit like that. So some of the my favorite songs, even though nobody's probably going to care, the the title of the album, CD, or Dreamland, that's number one. Number one track, um, that's a really good one. Tangerine, Heat Waves, and Space Ghost, Coast to Coast. Oh, All yeah. really good Those songs. Those are good, man. So um, I've been listening to that at work, and then I listened to Disgraceland, which is... It's not a series because everyone could be different. Sometimes they'll do two parters, but that's if it's like a big group. So it's a guy that just basically does the research and gets all the dirt on. It could be. It's really anybody in um, what would you call it? Uh, not pop culture, but entertainment industry. Yeah. So there's musicians, there's movie stars, you know, anything like that that has like any kind of seediness to it, which obviously they do. It's you know, anything in the entertainment industry probably has a lot going on that we don't know about. And he just really pulls back that curtain and delves into it. And he wrote a book about it first. And now he does like his own podcast and he does like, um, um, voiceover work for a lot. So he's, he's really good at like telling a story, you know, he's like obviously like professional, like not me who's fumbling my way through telling you about this. So it's like really well made. He does his research. It kind of reminds me of swindled in that sense where it's like one guy doing everything well-researched and just really well put together. And there's probably a hundred episodes and I listened to one today. It was a two-parter about guns and roses. So you learn about oh, the cool. history of guns and roses and just that whole 80 scene of really it started with glam rock with like Motley Crue, Motley Crue from Motley Crue to guns and roses, just how hard and they lived and the partied and the women. And it just, it delves into that. So if you're interested in any kind of like, backstory on any bands or anything that you know and i listened to one about norwegian black metal which i've never been into norwegian black metal but those are the most realest fucking dudes like those guys were about that life what I mean, burning it, churches I'm about to say wasn't there like a lot of like that kind of stuff and like yeah there was a whole cult movement, stuff the, the, and stuff like it that it was the really hardcore guys there was like a, a handful and they were you know they everybody else was posers and they deserved to die and they would they someone got charged with murder I'm about to say didn't they kill a bunch of people in there yeah they would they would some were charged with murder uh others just killed themselves uh, a lot of church burning i think it was like hundreds of churches over a period of time and one guy's name was a uh, i can't remember the band it was like Burzum or something and uh his he went by the name death and before shows he would literally get like a dead animal usually just like a bird or something and just like wear it on him just to get the stench of death and he would like breathe it into him and he got so fed up i'm pretty sure what he did was he like got a blade out cut all his wrist i think he cut his throat and then he got a shotgun and blew his head off that's not even the crazy part because then like his guitarist or whatever who was feuding with him at the time walked in on at post-suicide, saw all this, and instead of being like, oh, my friend, I should call the police, even though he's already fucking dead, you know, I should notify somebody. He went down to, like, a corner store and bought a disposable camera and took a picture, which later went on their next live album. Like, you can see the album. It's this guy just, like, hunched over with his brains fucking blown out. And um, then he then he took part of the brains out because the brains were blown open. He took fragments. He took bone fragments and made a necklace, and then he took actual brain residue or brain uh, you know brains and cooked that <laughs> shit and ate it 
So, I mean, those guys were about that life. And if you weren't about, if you were like children of Bodom or all those bands now, they would probably try to kill you. They would literally try to kill you okay. if, if you were back in that scene back in the day. I, so. may, I may download that episode. That sounds gnarly. Yeah, it was like the third one, too. It's like Norwegian black metal. And they're only like, even even the two-parters, they're probably 30 to 40 minutes each. Yeah. This one was like a 40-minute one. but And like I said, I've never been into Norwegian black metal, but I always knew about their history, and I just had to learn it. I just had to listen to it, and it's fucking wild. That's an, well. All right, how am I going to follow that up? Um, I'm listening to a podcast called Darknet Diaries, um, and it's all about the dark side of the internet. Uh, it's a lot of hacking stories. Like he covers like the Sony hack. Um, he covers, I think it's called Stuxnet, and that's when the U.S. government hacked the Iranian nuclear facility and shut down their operation with a virus. Um, so if you're kind of into any of that cyber, you know, cyber warfare, hacking, anything like that, that's a great podcast. It's one dude. Um, and he's got a guy that does his music, but it's, they're super well done. The interviews are really good. Um, there's stuff about how, um, people are hacking Xboxes and how like the Xbox one got leaked, uh, back in the 360 days. So, um, super cool, uh, podcast if you're kind of into tech or hacking or anything like that. Uh, and then as far as music, um, I've been listening to the all J, uh, an awesome wave. Um, it's probably their most popular album. Um, it's just really good, good, uh, just chill, chill music. Throw it on any time of day, any time of night. Dad jams. 21st century dad jams. Dad jams. Um, but I think that's going to do it. Um, I think that's going to do it for us. Uh, but be on the lookout. Next week, we, we are going to do a fantasy football preview show. Um, we're going to kind of go over must-have players, players to avoid, um, boom, you or know, bust. boom or bust, a little bit of draft strategy for you. Um, so you can find us on Apple Podcast, uh, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcast. And if you uh, don't mind, like I said at the beginning, please rate and review us. Um, it would really help us out while we're trying to get this thing to grow. And for the few people that have reached out to me um, uh, this past week, uh, you don't know how much it means to me that y'all have reached out and y'all are listening and y'all are supporting us. And every message that I get, uh, I really appreciate it. And it kind of drives me to do the next one. Um, but for Matt. Andrew. We're out. We'll see you next week. Andrew.